<laughs> oh, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thursday, the timing the on that was just perfect. That was great. Everybody heard like, you. I was like, <laughs> ah, deep breath, essential oils, all that fun stuff. But hey, we live it here. They're super done, making me look silly again. I hope y'all are ready. I feel ready. like I had a burp or something right now or something. No, yeah. don't, don't, don't do that. By the way, interesting day today because we had the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour on Wednesday this week. So uh, it's you, me, and Kind of weird B, to be here you know? on, a, on a Thursday and not... Just you uh, and me. Oh, no. our guest what? just got the email I sent him. Okay, oh, Dr. Emails. James Johnston is scheduled for hour two. Uh, that's coming up, but we got a lot to talk about. Cancer treatment, illusions, glyphosate, uh, relationship to cancer. Uh, how about COVID vax contamination by genetics? Mm-hmm. Healing protocol sources, supplement media attack. There's a lot to talk about. Yourhomemedicalcare.com is where James Johnston is hanging out, and he can plug in. You can plug into what he's doing anywhere you are. So we got that and a whole lot more healing on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. So go to robertscottbell.com slash listen for the chat room or wherever you are. Please share the show. Bring a few friends along if you don't mind, and we'll see you in just a moment as we begin our healing journey. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, interesting story to open the Robert Scott Bell Show today. It is uh, an unusual Thursday for us because normally we have the Sacred Fire of Liberty with uh, Jonathan Emort, but we did that a day early, and and that's okay. You guys missed it. It's in the archives. It's up on Rumble. It's uh, all the audio podcast sites except the ones we're banned on, like Spotify, YouTube, and things. But other than that, you can uh, catch us here at robertscottbell.com. I was talking with Frank Cousino this morning, getting ready for the Cancer Control Society's uh, 48th annual convention. That conference is going to be held at the Glendale Hilton Hotel, Glendale, L.A., California, and it's looking good. Uh, they're packed uh, and uh, just waiting for you to commit to going. Like, a little bit in advance, please? <laughs> Some of you so- showed up at the last second at the Red Pill Expo, which was great, great to have everybody there. But it's nice for the organizers. If you're planning to go, go ahead and uh, purchase a ticket. Let them know you're coming. Cancer Control Society, we have that linked up in the upcoming events tab at robertscabbell.com, and it, leads into our first story of the day. And it's that study finds in the headline reads, I'm sure we're going to get banned for saying this, right? Because what what did you remember about YouTube's new policy? Oh, cancer. Don't say anything but chemo. Uh, Many cancer drugs may end up doing absolutely nothing for patients. According to this study out of Gothenburg, Sweden. I've been there, Sweden. Is it Sweden or Sweden? (laughs) I know how to say Sweden. Cancer researchers continue to roll out new and promising treatments for patients all over the world. First of all, that statement is a lie. I guess, I guess, I mean, that's a PR statement. New, yeah, maybe. Okay, that's the truth. Promising? Mm, I can't say that promising is accurate because a new study finds that many end up being completely ineffective, failing to improve the quality of life or to extend the lifespans of cancer patients. And these researchers in Sweden found that up to two out of three cancer drugs prove to be useless. And if that were the only thing, that would be like, okay, relatively speaking, not great, but okay, because I would argue likely I'm right here too, that those cancer drugs, the two out of three that do nothing, 
probably accelerate the demise of the patient as well. Not just neutral, right? It'd be one thing if they were neutral because there are studies that show if you do nothing for certain cancers, you'll outlive the treatment for those cancers because the treatments are going to kill you faster than the cancer themselves. So if it's true that two out of three do nothing, that's already better than the one third they say does something because they'll make sure it becomes institutionalized and they will try to poison you back to health. That's what chemo does, right? We'll poison you back to health. We can poison the cancer cells faster than we poison the rest of your body, maybe. And if that's not good enough, we'll irradiate your cells. Hopefully the cancer cells are the only things that die, but hey, all, all kinds of chromosomal abnormalities result in future and further cancers as well. Maybe we'll just cut it out. Well, there are risks associated with uh, surgery that uh, are often overlooked, and it, it can be argued there are life-saving interventions surgical-wise that uh, can prolong life and save you. So I don't dispute the possibility that even someone in this audience took a chemo drug or had radiation and seemed to, well, they're here. You're here. I'm grateful for that. I'm not one that gets upset no matter what you use. If you're here, still here. I hope the quality of life is okay too. But as we go into uh, what do we call cancer uh, fundraising season, which is seemingly 24-7 all the year round, but typically when people go back to school, uh, you know, shifting uh, foci, foci, focuses, points of focus occur, you'll often see a lot of the, you know, I, I think I've seen some advertisements or advertisements uh, for stand up to cancer. Have you seen those? What does it mean to stand up to cancer? Is there any money going to researching the natural prevention that exists within the, 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 the created world as opposed to the synthesized toxicity of medical man and the oncological monopoly? Now, the tests that they analyzed, they looked uh, at uh, nearly two dozen of these new cancer drugs, and they noticed that a lot of them were like rushed into being, right, the, the rapid approval. This is, you know, one of the things that, you know, even when we talk about Trump, and I know some people don't, don't talk about Trump, but I'm just saying in terms of uh, things that you might like about him, things that are like, mm, I, he is just like many Americans in that way. Yeah, I know he's not unique in this way, but believes still in the sanctity of the scientific community that has conflicts of interest that are just from the word go. At you can't tell, remember, where big pharma ends and the scientific inquiries begin. And so the money that is thrown into the what I call the research rat hole at NIH is legendary because it only allows research and discovery in the realm of the, you know, the four corners, if you will, of allowable cancer research, as long as you're investigating synthetic chemicals that can be patented or radiological treatments that are the exclusive domain of the medical monopoly and or surgical procedures that are the exclusive domain of the medical monopoly, you have all three covered within a monopoly of cancer treatment, chemo, radiation, surgery. Now, the, the, you've heard of some of the um, uh, immune-targeted therapies that seem to be a little less invasive if they can just target, uh, you know. And I've talked about scientific peer-reviewed articles that have found that, for instance, silver nanoparticles or ions have a very specific, let's say, interaction with cancer cells, yet being harmless to surrounding healthy mammalian tissue, like with triple negative breast cancer cells, et cetera. It's extraordinary that we already have the tools in nature to combat cancer, and that's just like end-stage targeting cancer. We've talked recently extensively, fairly extensively, 
about laetrile, amygdalin, uh, the uh, vitamin B17, right, from apricot seeds or kernels or whatever you call them. We had John Richardson Jr. on at Red Pill Expo talking about that. And if you guys haven't taken advantage, you got the RSB code to get a discount on that as a part of a daily regimen in terms of pre- prevention, if you will, keeping you strong and healthy, not waiting. Although if you've already waited too long, I would make that a, an integral part of the therapies that I would do in addition to other things that we know that don't involve NIH grants that used to be controlled like through NIAID uh, by people like Fauci or his you know, replacement, another sycophant for the pharmaceutical industry. Think about all the money that's been researched and raised, well, raised for research. And you go back to the Rockefeller Carnegie Foundations. Remember, they were so inspired to help you and me that in 1910, they endeavored to put out a report called the Flexner Report that would eliminate all competition to the emerging field of patent petrochemical medicines, monopoly medicine, pharmacia, sorcery medicine, to the elimination of naturopathy, homeopathy, chiropractic, herbal, eclectic medicine, energy healing, all kinds of holistic therapies. Things that have preceded modern medicine by thousands of years or millennia. Ayurvedic, ancient Chinese-type medicine, nothing to do with the Communist Party. All of those things that had a legitimate role in prevention and reversal of disease now are relegated to, maybe it's an alternative that we'll let you look at, but don't look too long. We might have to jail your doctor for doing so. This is what, and think about kids with cancer. We've talked about this extensively as well. If you've done the research as a parent and your kid, let's say, God forbid, gets the C word diagnosis and you look at all of the options, including the traditional big three, and you say, you know what? I think the risks are greater with doing your treatments that are established and sanctioned and licensed and monopolizing everything in America. And I'd like to take my child somewhere else. I wish there was a state in the the union that would reject the FDA and all of those uh, monopoly edicts, unconstitutional as they are, and say, we declare ourselves a health freedom state, a medical freedom state, and we welcome all research. We welcome all types of doctors working with uh, patients that are in fully informed consent to recover from cancer by any means that even is not licensed and sanctioned by the state, a.k.a. the FDA. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to see? But for now, you have to leave. And that's why when you go to the Cancer Control Society's annual convention, you're going to find a lot of uh, clinics available to you just across the border in Tijuana and Mexico and other areas. There are other areas of the world also uh, represented there at the Cancer Control Society. But if you want other options, and then we've, we we talked with Marcus Ellis about the viatical sell- settlement, so to speak, if you have uh, life insurance policies and you need the money to support yourself to get that, that kind of treatment, which can be expensive, that insurance doesn't cover, that there are options there. Go back and listen to the show with Marcus. Uh, it was a firebrand. He, he brought it at the Red Bill Expo. It's terrific. Or right before it, was it? Yeah, anyway, good stuff. I mean, we have options, but they'd like us to believe we don't. And even if they say you can't, if you agree, then you're right. You can't. If you disagree, then you'll find any which way you can to survive and then thrive again. And how unconstitutional, patently unconstitutional it is that a federal government or even a state-level government would prohibit you from choosing of your own accord as an adult how to care for your body, cancer and otherwise. Now, the state has a, a compelling interest in protecting children. I agree. We've talked about that in terms of inappropriate materials in schools that they're trying to promote, much less uh, uh, transgender dancers at libraries. If you're a transgender dancer, you're free to dance with adults. I would just say 
not, you know, not age appropriate to bring, you know, high level sexual choices or whatever into those places. That's not censorship. That's just a, uh, you know, protection of children. Now, when we get into the protection of children that are diagnosed with cancer, unfortunately, the state is extraordinarily biased against your religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs, even your uh, beliefs about medicine. And so they take that compelling interest, state interest, if you will, to protect children, which is the primary responsibility of the parents, of course, only in extreme circumstance should the state even become involved. But they take that as a carte blanche to say, you know what, if if, if a parent doesn't want medical intervention of any kind, particularly, let's say, vaccination, they risk a visit by Child Protective Services. We've talked about that, the scam that exists primarily there. Not to say there's never been a case of CPS doing something good, but the vast majority seems to be a protection and an abduction racket for pharmaceutical medicine monopolies, hospitals, et cetera, much less uh, child trafficking. There's evidence there as well. So we look at the cancer again issue and we see, my gosh, almost more important than protecting this country from uh, genuine terrorists, if that you know is the case and, and needed, they're more concerned about doctors who can help children or adults overcome cancer with no chemo, radiation, or surgery. I made the analogy. It's a sick joke, though, but uh, apparently it took us about 10 years after 9-11 to find Osama bin Laden. This doesn't get into the controversies of whether he had anything to do with it or not. But it, let's just say he did and everybody believed it and we were on his tail for 10 years. And then we finally found him in a cave on hemodialysis. <laughs> 10 years, right? And he was like public enemy terrorist number one for America. Took him 10 years, really, with all the resources you had. Just asking. Think about it. Isn't that weird? With all this technology and satellite spies and all that, NSA, CIA, took them 10 years about. How long would it take to find a doctor or non-doctor that hangs a shingle and says, you know what, I can help you overcome cancer with no chemo, no radiation, no surgery. They will find you with uh, artificial intelligence yesterday before it happens. They'll go back in time and get you. If not the same day or 24 hours later, you will have uh, people raiding your doorstep, police, whatever, fire, firearms. It's because the real terrorist, according to our government, are those that can actually bring healing, empower you for healing. So you don't need to resort to the big three in terms of chemo, radiation, surgery for cancer. Isn't that messed up? Have you ever sat back and thought how messed up that is? Who do they think is the real danger? If they can find you in 24 hours or less for doing what? For providing means by which you bring the power to heal back to the body where it belongs. And it took them to yeah, do I have to repeat myself here? Are you getting the picture? How weird is this that we tolerate this? How do we tolerate a government that looks at natural medicine doctors as as terrorists and actual terrorists as eh, we'll get around to them? Or we'll just let them in the southern border. Who cares? But duh, man, don't be a doctor and say you can cure cancer without chemo, radiation, or surgery, or else we'll come and find you and you will. There's nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. Dude, that's messed up. And now you got, again, the, the study finds article that we're talking about in the open here. Two of three drugs failed to, to show a benefit, these new drugs coming out. The Sweden uh, study uh, covered 22 cancer drugs. They were approved for reimbursement in Sweden over the last 10 years and found out they didn't work. No tangible benefits. They're not even getting into the detrimental aspects of, you know, drug toxicity here. Just, well, there's no evidence that they actually help. But, hey, we rushed them out. We gave it a good try. 
You want to use homeopathy? You want to use herbs? You want to use dietary mineral supplements? Oh, don't even think about it. Even though those things could help, help, help you to survive the onslaught of chemo, for instance, or radiation like selenium or the folium products, Chernobyl-level antioxidants, which you don't want to be without if you're going through monopoly medicine, cancer treatments or therapies. Selenium, very critical. So are we still dealing with the United States of Drug America? Are we still dealing with monopolies for the treatment of disease? Yeah, we are. Is that a good thing? I would say hell to the no. Sorry to be blunt in that way, but it's not a good thing unless you want to continue the suffering, the needless suffering of those who are subject to this cancer diagnosis due to toxicological burdens across even now generations that they'd like you to convince you it's just bad luck, bad genes, but manifested because of exposure to toxic poisons over generations. Now, not just within one generation and the subsequent or simultaneous nutrient mineral deficiencies as your body relinquishes these minerals in protection against these toxic poisons. And then you add into the mix, the drugs, the antibiotics, even the glyphosate, which we'll get into. Do we really need more money for cancer drugs? Do we really need more money for that? Some of you might still think so. If you're new to the Robert Scott Bell show, many of you have been with me for years know that it's a waste of resources for the purpose of enriching the pharmaceutical death cult with good PR telling you, no, 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 we're really only here to help you and we can save you. And if you live five years in one day, or maybe they'll cut that down to three years in one day for your kids to say you're cured, even though at that one day after that deadline, you die of cancer, but you've been cured. The, st- the statistics are, are just sickening. And you, you guys have been watching probably the many documentaries Ty and Charlene Bollinger put out that I've been in as well. Truth about cancer, all of that. These are things that are not new to many of you, but to some of you are just awakening because of the COVID uh, full court press that forced you to waken up, awaken to the harsh reality, the criminality of the pharmaceutical church, the medical monopoly. You know, this is why Brian Artis and I uh, from the Red Pill Expo seem to be a little hard on doctors. I, hey, I was a little hard on doctors in my lecture at the Red Pill Expo, if you ever get to watch it. In fact, there was one just kind, lovely doctor that was there. She, she came up and she says, don't be so mean. I'm like, dude, I'm not mean to you. I wasn't talking to you. If you take it personally, then there might be some things that you might need to look at. But the people that were at the Red Pill Expo, physicians were uh, uh, seemingly outgrown. The poison and drug, everything that moves mentality. I can cure you by poisoning you. They're not doing that. And you're welcome here. The water's warm and not, not contain, doesn't contain glyphosate. Because we're using echo water. We're purifying that water. We're, we're dissolving hydrogen into it. You can find that link to echo water with great deals as well uh, here at the Robert Scott Bell Show website at robertscottbell.com. Speaking of cancer, could it be that the big G is causing the big C? What is the big G? It's glyphosate, the active ingredient in Roundup. A new review adds even more evidence, if you needed that, that glyphosate weed killers cause cancer from Roundup on to whatever product is using glyphosate. This new systematic review published in Chemosphere 
strengthens the mechanistic evidence that glyphosate is a probable human carcinogen and provides biological plausibility for previously reported cancer associations in humans, such as non-Hodgkin lymphoma. It's a mouthful to say. Reinforces earlier findings and your suspicion. Anybody that knows that glyphosate acts as an antibiotic in the in the in the gut, which destroys the immune system, or the basis for good immunity, which is what your gut microbiota, your microbiome destroys it utterly, miserably, in a dysbiotic manner. And on top of that, destroys the connective tissue integrity of the gastrointestinal tract, so it punches holes through your gut, displacing glycine, etc. This is another reason why, if you haven't already done so please go to nutritionalfrontiers.com and get loads of either the liquid or the lozenge form or both of dimethylglycine. The NRDMG is what I use because I travel a lot. Take those little uh, lozenges and any exposure to glyphosate, you can you begin to counter that. There's a lot more that DMG does, but take advantage of the discounts that we have access for you, RSB15 at nutritionalfrontiers.com and counteract the glyphosate. The displacement of minerals, again, another aspect of why we need to supplement, preferably from food sources. Specifically in this article, they say glyphosate exhibits strong evidence of genotoxicity, epigenetic alterations. This is what I talk about. Cross-generational, it's not genetic, it's epigenetic. It causes gene expression to shift over time, and then you're born in a way that they say, oh, yeah, that was a genetic cause of cancer. No, gene manifestation is due to environmental exposure epigenetics, if you will, in that case. Other, uh, uh, you know, I say it's obvious. You know, it's oxidative stress. It's a stressor. It's an oxidant. Systemic chronic inflammation, glyphosate exposure, endocrine disruption. Disgusting what it does to the microbiome. Enhancing the uh, development of lymphoma. And this is still allowed on the market every place you go including Ace Hardware, where you can find good stuff like Orange Guard as a, as a safe pesticide, orangeguard.com. Ace Hardware has it. Whole Foods has it. You can order directly at orangeguard.com. They have it. Yet at the same time, those stores, I don't know if Whole Foods does. Do they sell Roundup? I would be surprised at this point. But a lot of the places like the Home Depots of the world, the Lowe's and all of that, they all carry glyphosate, a known carcinogen at this point. Why doesn't the FDA or EPA or whoever regulates this do its job? Because it's captured by industry. If they had their way, they'd probably eliminate, if they could, Orange Guard, because it's actually a safe management of pest pesticide without harming you. OMRI listed, OMRI certified for organic agriculture. I've used it in my greenhouse. Use it in the kitchen. It's okay. OrangeGuard.com. Check that out. And, and then we also talked about contact organics. That's another banner you can access that replaces the glyphosate, the Roundup. That actually does what it does is faster, faster with no residual toxicity. We did a video of that on Instagram. I wonder if we could find that again to show you guys that if you have to use something like Roundup because your job requires it, that you can convert over to something that's safer for the environment, that'll take care of the weeds, no problem. And you will not get in trouble for like, oh, you used something natural that didn't work. There are options for all of this stuff. And I didn't even know about that option against uh, instead of glyphosate until, you know, month, some months ago. And that's also linked up. We have a banner for that at robertscottbell.com. Just, just scroll down and look at all the banners and see anything you we have a banner for. It's something that's good you want to learn about or utilize. 
So you can go through this article and get into more depth and detail on the pathways of carcinogenicity of glyphosate. They list uh, about 10 of them. This shouldn't be controversial. The controversy should be why any of you are still using it. If you're in my audience, you're probably not. Or if you're new, maybe you're just now learning. Oh my gosh, that does that too. I got to stop. I got to find something better, something different, something safer. And there are options. And you find about them here on the Robert Scott Bell Show regularly. If I don't speak about them, just come to the website at robertscottbell.com. By the way, we had another question come in after I answered it yesterday. I don't know. Maybe they missed the show yesterday. Super Don says, don't even bother bringing it up. If they, if they can't pay attention every day, don't repeat yourself. <laughs> Super Don is so mean. So was he, was he grumpy? What was going on, Super Don? I'm like the, the nun, right? You know, the teacher's school with walking around with the, the ruler, the ruler. You didn't get it the first time. Well, listen, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Um, it, it was interesting when you were having the conversation, by the way. Hello, everybody. Hello, Super Don. Uh, when uh, you were having the conversation with Dr. Artis. Yes. Uh, that really, it caught my attention, too, when mm -hmm. he, he was talking about the, the magnesium and, and Dr. Mm -hmm. Rattar and stuff like that. So yeah. I don't blame people for being like, whoa, wait. what? Yeah, no, that's a what? big one. Oh. It is. And we did talk about it. We did bring it up in the, <clears throat> remember the show we did right after Dr. Batar's passing? And, and Brian Artis was one of the key guests. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we brought it up. It might have been too much to consider at that point, but it was one of the things I brought up and talked to him about because, you know, the controversy surrounding um, these pathways is that we know overall magnesium is critical to so many functions and metabolic pathways. No argument there. It, it, right. it, it's, it's not a, That's not a controversial statement. But here was the unusual thing. If you begin to follow the track that Brian Artis brought out, and he laid it out, just so precisely, so with great detail at the Red Pill Expo, more information, more news coming out about the snake venom peptides being engineered into the plasmid, if you will, and that delivery system of venoms in nature, much less in this mechanism of synthetic peptides being brought in by injection, etc., is that it requires magnesium to open up the nicotinic receptors where it delivers the poison. Okay, that's the, that's the key here of controversy. And he had warned Dr. Batar about that, but Dr. Batar was known as Dr. Magnesium. Everything he responded to, magnesium, 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 and for most things, bar very few, magnesium would be indicated and benef be beneficial. <clears throat> we speculate that Dr. Batar, because of his experience with magnesium, could not fathom that you would ever stop or not do magnesium. And this is not to denigrate magnesium. It's a specific question of pathways that are being taken advantage of by these toxic poisons injected, and, they, and they're kind of hopping along with magnesium. And in those particular circumstances or instances, if you've been injected with the, you know, the COVID uh, uh, injection, or you're exposed to a lot of people that are in the shedding and spreading mode, that you might want to hold off on the additional magnesium supplementation for a couple of weeks while you fill those receptors the nicotinic receptors with particularly nicotine. You could even use homeopathic. So smoke nicotine. a pack of cigarettes. Is that <clears> what you're... Not ideally, but you know, his, oh. his argument was the patch, the nicotine's patch, right. To deliver it in a, in a sustained ongoing way. I used the nicotine patch once you did. And I didn't use it ever again. Hmm. Did you have adverse, uncomfortable effects from it? Do you remember the adverse effect I had were extremely vivid in color dreams mm. 
it was almost like a, a recreational drug experience. You'd go to sleep and it was just like, because I don't know about you, but I, I don't ever think about when I dream that I it's like really like in color. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like really a thing, but on the nicotine patch, and apparently I found out that other people had had the same experience. It was just like, Technicolor. I mean, it was like whoa. Stuff, so, you, so you didn't you didn't like that? It wasn't entertaining. No, no, okay. it wasn't. It was weird. All right. Well, suffice it to say, in this yeah. particular case, for for who who was it that sent in the the question? That was a follow up from the, yesterday. I think we answered this. Is that normally we would never say don't do magnesium, don't do extra magnesium in the case of suspicion of exposure, or you know you've been injected recently, or uh, you're suffering mysteriously from things that might be related to this, that in those cases, hold off at least for a short period of time on additional magnesium inflow and input. This is not speaking ill of magnesium. It's acknowledgement of a pathway that is being taken advantage of when you are supplementing extra magnesium. It could be disadvantageous to your health and life for delivery of this thing, the, the plasmid stuff. And in that case, hold off and do something else to support the nicotinic receptors to keep and block out the toxic poisons that are being injected into you or exposed via other mechanisms. And then after you've done that and gotten past that initial phase, then you can go back and utilize the magnesium again. So it's not a never, ever, ever take magnesium. Magnesium is bad. That's not it. But it's such an unusual message. Even I was taken aback the first time I heard Dr. Artis talking about that. But as I got further into the mechanisms of actions and the pathways, I was like, oh, I begin to understand why he's arguing for that and why it may be life-saving and beneficial temporarily to withhold magnesium. And usually you have enough to last you a couple of weeks. If you've been supplementing for a while, you're not going to go totally magnesium deficient that quickly that other things would happen, a muscle cramp or otherwise, or other metabolic deficiency. So it is, again, it's counterintuitive because we all know and love magnesium. I take magnesium, mega food magnesium. I get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. I get it, and I take one or two, and I mentioned this yesterday on the show as well, at night, one or two in the morning, Super Don even has the mega food magnesium there as well. I don't take as much as you do. I usually take like one one in the morning, but I probably should take more. Well, I think there are certainly reasons to do so. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I take it for for the blood pressure situation. So, mm. and I know that's a part of it. And I know there's other things that you can. Yeah, and I think for, for a lot of people, the benefit is bowel issues. Like if their stools are too hard to take one or two at night, one or two in the morning, it doesn't cause you to have diarrhea because it's not pushing it to tolerance, but it's enough to help things move on through much easier. Right. So, for the audience that knows about those experiences, that's a nice benefit of a whole food magnesium. Now, you can take other magnesiums that are a little more synthetic and they will push things right out. Right out. That's just right push out. Push it out. Shove yeah. them out. Way <laughs> out. Remember that? Yes. No. That's, Who was that uh, from? That was a uh, comedy bit by uh, uh, Bill Cosby. And mm. it was talking about doing Lamas and stuff with your. Or why his wife or whatever you know she was pregnant and he was he was like cheerleading on the sideline while his, his wife was giving birth push him out shove him out way out <laughs> you know I, I forget was that bill cosby himself i can't remember the the know. routine classic bill cosby yeah all right just noticing mom's in the chat room i i was hoping she wouldn't notice but she did i'm scruffy yes i know mom but it was a good thing. I went to the Red Pill Expo Scruffy because pretty much all the men that went on stage had beards. Not that I can really do a beard, but I, I didn't want to be the only one. 
Not that I give I really it six care. months. You'll get there. Yeah. No, I'm not going to give it six months. I'll probably shave over the weekend. Uh, maybe tomorrow even. I don't know. We'll see. But it, it just ha- so happened. I was just so busy that I could be bothered to start shaving. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to roll with it. Then I come to find out all the people there had beards. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. I didn't shave then. And uh, what is F-O-C-A-I? Is that foci spelled incorrectly? Yeah, I think foci is F-O-C-I. But is that what you're spelling or is there some other organization, Michael Bolden? who has decided he can't join us tomorrow, or maybe he joins us in the bonus round. How about we squeeze him in right now, Michael? You want to join us right now? I'm teasing. I don't want to, I don't want to panic Super Don. He's got a lot of good stories for me to cover uh, oh, today. I panic. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. A sensitive about Super Don's uh, status or state of whatever. <sighs> All right, so you've got more from the Brownstone Institute. This is an interesting article. Um, the Vax Gene Files. Have the regulators approved a Trojan horse? Now, <clears throat> a story like this would be considered a radical conspiracy theory, wouldn't it, Super Don, if you think about it? A Trojan horse? That- well, well, yes, it would. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, I mean, stories like this were, for, yeah. and I have for a long time. The thing that got my attention here mm-hmm. is the level of scientific uh, um, evidence. Mm-hmm that apparently, I guess, is just over time has been accumulated to the point that when you read this, and if this is correct, yeah. which it seems like it is, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to dismiss something like this at this point. Or at least, if nothing yeah. else, at the very least, go, okay, let's look more into this. By the way, Super D, we were talking earlier off the air, air or off the record, but it's not controversial because I love having these discussions with you about <laughs> the controversy surrounding, you know, the snake venom peptide discussion, right? From yes, August. and because of that, now I'm looking into the damn thing, but. but yes, no, no, but yeah. uh, but it's good what you do because <sighs> I, the things you focused on as you were talking about, I almost, I forget those things. This is my name. The nature of me is like there's wild claims of if the Pope was involved. I, I forgot all of that because that's my mind goes right to the pathways, the mechanisms. That's what I'm interested in. But because when it came out with Stu Peters and everybody else, when the first, the water, what's in the water, there were a lot of things that are easily, if not dismissed, certainly you look at it, you go, come on, really? And, and my point, of course, is like, I want to focus on the narrow realm of what's the claim here related to, to what's important that could be measured and could be validated. And what I'm saying here is you describe what's happening in this Brownstone article about mm. the so-called a conspiracy theory. This is a Trojan horse that I'm saying that there's so much evidence coming out now that's rational and logical. And I'm not saying hundred percent. I'm just saying it's pretty powerful. The presentation. And, I've, and I gotta yeah. be honest, I've got to look at it. Yeah. I kind of just like, was like, okay, I, there are like, 27 well, you, other things that I can focus on and spend yeah. time on. And so this one, I'm just going to put on the back burner. Um, so I, I am taking a look at it now. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah, it's interesting, but you know, I have questions. And so, sure. and just because I'm who I am, I need to satisfy those, uh, those questions. Right. Well, so and, anyway, and, and artist has that big event coming up in, I think, in San Antonio, or is it Dallas, where he's from? Uh, we have a link, and you can get a t- discount, I think, with the code Bell or RSB, whatever. It's one of those uh, banners upcoming, I think. Uh, so if you want to get more answers, there's a whole number of, of our friends that are presenting there, including Dr. Artist. But it's, it's getting more valid. The point is, every time I hear him and we talk, there's another layer of going, oh, dude, now that explains something that was missing before. So just like this. It, it, it kind of, over time, it'll either pan out 
or it'll be like discredited. And just to your point of the vaccine files in this article from Brownstone, it seems to be that Kevin McKernan uh, and his alarming discoveries is, is panning out, so to speak. In other words, you're finding legitimate gold in that, even though it's not a happy thing to find. But genetic, uh, uh, let's say, contamination. Now, whether it's on purpose or accidental, I've argued, as has many have many people, including our dearly departed friend Liam Sheff, that the disaster that is the vaccine uh, uh, delivery system and or products long before uh, COVID injections was just a, a mess of contamination that it only had the illusion of being scientific and clean and isolated and, you know, the white lab coats, the the, the clean rooms, and yet it always con- carried contaminate, contamination, uh, foreign genetic material. I've talked about that RNA. And we're not talking synthetic mRNA at this point, but RNA and DNA from animals that are used in the production or the substrates and or aborted fetal cell lines, resulting in all kinds of cross-contamination that, no one bothered to study my, you know, my point that I brought up in Remedy, the docu-series of Ty and Charlene, along with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who was on just the other day, we both posited, hey, could there be a, a role to play of the uh, genetic material from aborted fetal cells lines, male and or female, injected into males and females? Doesn't matter. And could that be playing a role in gender dysphoria confusion? I'm not saying it does or it doesn't, but it's it's a bit suspicious and a reasonable question to ask that somebody would would have looked at, hey, I wonder if that's contributing to it, in addition to a lot of other things that we mentioned. But no, we can't look at that. So in this article, you know, he's, he's talking about critique and criticism of even the theory or the claims that there's genetic uh, contamination as a Trojan horse injected into these things. We're not opposed to people that criticize me or I'm not opposed to people who criticize Brian Artis or even Super Don being skeptical of a claim. That's There's nothing wrong with that. Everything's right about that. Do it. Push back. And Dr. Artis welcomes it too. But many times and often it was the case, it was just a derision or an ad hominem attack because, oh, that's just crazy. Really? Look into it. And then get back to me and talk to me specifically why as opposed to going, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard because there was an extraneous claim over here that may or may not have anything to do with it. And it's not important when you're talking about the very basis for identifying pathways, mechanisms of action, pathways of action, et cetera, which is where my mind tends to go. Even though I can hear all the wild stuff, I'm like, I forgot all about that. I'm like, I'm looking at the stuff that matters to me. Anyway, that's just so you know how my mind tends to work. But in this article from Brownstone, he talks about the author said the peer review system is essentially broken because they say until there's a peer reviewed medical literature that's published, uh, none of this is real. You know, like if we're waiting for that, we're waiting for Godot. It never happens because it's designed to never invalidate that which they say is valid or validate that which they say is permanently invalid. It's about, let's say, self-fulfilling prophecies we need we've got this substance we need to make it do something here so we can patent it and get it to market and if it's bad we'll make billions and we'll pay some hundreds of millions of dollars in fines we'll be okay in that system so uh this mckiernan guy uh talks about that the market interestingly enough the market will validate the finding here long before traditional peer review even puts its boots on that's a great line Independent wet lab reproduction trumps three anonymous readers every time. 
And he says this was the motivation for him publishing the results online with a call to action for scientists in the field to independently verify the results. Again, claiming that there's genetic contamination being delivered via the Pfizer product in particular. And the question is, is is that reproducible? Is what he claimed, is it reproducible? And the answer for the Pfizer product specifically in this article was yes, that the contamination is real. It's not debatable at this point. They validated it. The results now lead to other questions that are not so nice. How bad is the contamination? What are the regulatory authorities doing about it, if anything? And what does this mean for the billions who took the injection, who got it? So if you have a validated, now confirmed reproducibility of the toxicity that he describes, what do you do now? Do you continue to get attack the messenger so that nobody looks at the message that is pretty validated even without quote-unquote peer review? Or do you wait for the peer review that's never going to arrive? Which is the, you know, the dilemma when we talk about all of these adverse events, well, they're never going to do a study to show that these adverse events are linked to the vaccine. That would be suicide for them. Why would they do that? Yet, I point out, as soon as we were able to get them, the stuff that the uh, the FDA was petitioning on behalf of the drug in, or manufacturers uh, to uh, slow drip that out over the course of 75 years or not put it out at all if they could get away with it. And then you find out within their own analysis, the rush to a market analysis, that these adverse events that we point out are related to the jab and the injection, they knew and acknowledged Pfizer did and others, BioNTech as well. And so when you say at this point, like Peter McCullough says, if you see a heart attack event, a, car, a myocarditis, pericarditis in a young person, or the, the died suddenly scenario, at this point, the safe assumption is the injection had something to do with it. The COVID injection had something to do with it until proven otherwise. Now, again, that's not a popular perspective from within the most of the medical community unless they're shifting into, you know, McCullough's overdrive at this point. But I think that's a reasonable statement based on not peer-reviewed articles necessarily, but by the information that was revealed in the analysis and tests conducted by the very companies that profited from bringing out the emergency use authorization injections because their market protectors at FDA, at CDC, in the mainstream media, et cetera, the, the pharmacists and doctors and nurses who were bought out to believe this went, went, you know, headlong into, you know, basically dove into hell to defend a position that was indefensible. And those that have survived, some of them have genuinely, uh, uh, well, done some mea culpas and are trying to do better. Many others are just trying to make excuses for, well, I was lied to. Sorry, I was lied to is not enough. You've been lied to for decades, generations, in fact. If I can point it out as a renegade homeopath with a radio show, how come you couldn't know it? You didn't know it. Well, you might have. You've been exposed to it, but you've been told to dismiss it out of hand and attack the messengers. Ad hominem attacks. Call them names. Don't, whatever you do. Don't look at the claims for, for any evidence to support a causal link between any injection and an adverse event. Then we go, well, we're waiting for the peer-reviewed article to come out that proves it. As the CDC continues to maintain, there's no evidence that the V word causes the A word. Autism, you know what I'm saying? Because we did the three tests we did, the uh, we, we showed, and, and then you can de debunk if you want to use that term, those tests which have been numerous times for all the many flaws they were, there were in the study designs 
And they weren't even meant to determine what you claim you could determine, much less when they started determining it, uh, they altered the outcome by altering the, you know, whether it be definitions or the participants or the study design, which is right away disqualifying for any study that does that after the fact. So the manufacturing process was uh, covered by a recent BMJ, British Medical Journal article, points out how the DNA contamination may have occurred. So they talk about that. They talk about a process involving E. coli bacteria to replicate the plasmids. Now, I bring up this word plasmid again because this is what was revealed as a delivery system through the, through the lipid nanoparticles. These plasmid structures, these chains of genetic material, DNA, how they would punch out a particular form or, or a particular sequence and plug in a different sequence, which is what Dr. Artis uh, has pointed out that you could see in the analysis from the company's own literature and information about how they do this and what they do, that they would insert to that plasmid, a segment of it that would contain a sequence identical to what we call the snake venom peptides. Now you look into that, you're like, okay, maybe you don't want to call it snake venom. I don't know, but it's equivalent in a sense of a delivery package of a toxic poison that destroys cells, particularly as it relates to blood, oxygenation, coagulation, et cetera, where a lot of venoms do have, do their worst, which is why many venom peptides were developed to produce what? Blood pressure lowering medications derived from what? Snake venoms. It's not controversial. It's been part of big pharma's role. Look into nature. Find out what, what. Look, we do it in homeopathy. Some of the most potent homeopathic remedies come from the most toxic poisons. Even mercury, the most second most toxic uh, metal known to man, uh, I think outside of plutonium, which is not natural. It's, re it's refined out of uranium. But in terms of danger, Mercury can be converted via serial dilution succussion over time to make it non-toxic to the body to help in many things, including mercury detox. In the same way, we can use the venoms. And oftentimes, the snake venoms in their mother's state, if you milk it from a snake, it's not water-soluble. So you have to triturate for a number of steps in a mortar and pestle, usually with lactose part or something. And eventually, due to the Brownian motion, if you're into chemistry at a certain point, usually like three or four X, depending on the substance, you can then convert to a liquid dynamization process or dilution succussion process. And I apologize for anybody not into chemistry. You're going to sleep right now, but it's a fascinating process. You can take things that are non-soluble, like mercury, through trituration metals. Eventually, there's a moment where... How did the homeopaths know this? They were brilliant. Beyond the years that they had the validation, they did it, and now you can validate it. They found out later with all kinds of technology. In fact, that even homeopathic medicines diluted beyond the number of Avogadro have nanoparticles remaining of the original substance, even though I don't believe we're relying upon the particles so much as the energy or the waves that they inter interface with our fields, energy fields, to do something, to elicit something to occur, to happen. Yes, energy impacts matter, you skeptics, you morons. You put your finger in a light socket, you can't see the electricity, but you can feel it. And that's, of course, a, a macro scale. But even at the subtle scale, all life has an energy signature. And these subtle energies can have an impact on matter. There are those that have done these tests, including Jacques Benvenista in France, who analyzed, I think it was histaminum, maybe some other things too, uh, beyond the number of Avogadro and impacted on heart tissue in terms of impact on, on cells. So a non-material substance, if you can call it a substance, introduced homeopathically into uh, the, the tissue, and the tissue was impacted by the presence of that without anything else. Again, 
placebo controlled as well. I think I'm going too deep today, Super Don. I don't know what's going on. You know, something, something stimulated my egghead today to do this. Maybe this uh, Brownstone Institute article or other things that we're doing today. There's a lot in that Brownstone article. There is. Dude. There's a lot to yeah. unpack there. Yeah. I don't want to lose people on it. Julie Sladden is the article author, medical doctor, freelance writer. And uh, she's, she's written a good article about this along with Julie, Julian Gillespie. Um, and out of Australia uh, at the Brown Soda. So you want to read this article, go further, by all means, please do. Uh, it's pretty intense. Pretty intense. By the way, did, did we cover the, uh, no, the regulatory stuff is happening next hour, right? We're talking about attacks on supplements and things? Correct. Okay, thank you. Just I'm, I've lost sequence. I got With some. our guest, who sh- I, is, is, I believe will show up. I hope so. Um, Should be a good guest. Yeah. Mm. However, we hate, we did not have a chance to be able to explain to him that you have an opening monologue. So that's always the fun part when yeah. when people don't test ahead of time. We don't get to talk. We to don't them. get to tell them. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm here for my interview, and yeah. they're like, 15 minutes later, they're like, what's going on? Am I yeah. on? Hold on, you're on the Robert Scott Bell show. Yes. So, uh, all right, we'll get to the the regulatory discussions. Do we have a question of the day that came in today or yesterday? Uh, yes, we do. Oh. All right, this question today is coming from Joan. Do you have a site where you elaborate on your healing protocol for your gut issues? Leaky gut, heavy metals, liver flush, parasites, dysbiosis, etc. Thank you very much, Joan. Now, Joan may be new to the Robert Scott Bell Show. That's the only way I can figure it out. I think this. Joan's written in before. Really? Yeah, if I believe. I mean, I, I there's probably more than one Joan in the world, but... I sent you the text uh, from the chapter on gut health, yep. the gut recovery, the GI protocol, silver aloe, and you haven't reviewed it in a while because you were like, oh my gosh, this is a lot longer. It was a lot than longer I than I remember. Yeah. Right? yeah. There's a lot of information I packed into that chapter and made it freely available around the world through the website, robertscottbell.com. You just come to it, get it for free, download it. And, and Super Don made it easier to find right at the top. The silver aloe protocol. You can't now, miss it, I think, right? I don't think so anymore. The way you did it, you made it so obvious. Unless you're blind. That alone is a great leaping off point, but it's also an acceleration point for those of you who have been working hard for years to recover your gut health. Is it comprehensive to everything that I want to say in one chapter? No, of course. No no one chapter of a book or one book could even do that. There it is. The Silver Aloe Protocol. Superdon's closing in on it. And if you don't know, just click on it. The PDF opens up. And I don't even ask you to do anything. Only thing I would ask you to do, but we don't require it, is to sign up for the newsletter at robertscottbell.com. Give us a, a, a censorship bypass so that you get in your email and in, inbox a, a newsletter once in a while. Not often enough, but it's there sometimes. And so please do that. But if you have specific questions about liver detox, there's some things I mentioned, of course, in the book, Unlock the Power to Heal. And uh, Super Don and I have been talking about how to uh, get some more information out to you on these questions in the written form. To provide some more, whether you call them ebooks or little extra stuff you can read, uh, and I think that Super D, that's kind of on your mind, isn't it? About what we can do. It is. I've, I've always wanted to be able to provide more content, mm-hmm. um, but you know that content equals uh, time. Yes. You know, and and uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's something that it's something that's kind of a commodity for both of us, and so some things are changing. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at, at streamlining some some processes, mm-hmm. or as you would say, processes. Yeah, because you're a nerd. 
I'm a nerd. Lori, by the way, says, you know, about the questions that come in from time to time again that we need to repeat. Yes, I'm usually, that's usually my line. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're tired of hearing me talk about this again and again and again. No, it's all, all good. right. So, uh, Michael Bolden, my friend, if you're there, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I got uh, uh, the first through the fifth, I think, is when I'm going to be there. If I'm not mistaken, down in L.A., Glendale. So we'll get together and have some have some fun, have some food. And in the meantime, hopefully you can show up tomorrow, even if it's just for the bonus round. We'll take what we can get. Yeah, I know. We're we, you know we might complain a little bit, but it's all in good fun. I think. All right, so we got yeah. a few minutes here. Yeah. Uh, for the end of the hour, uh, I know you and I were talking about your latest. Uh, oh, look at that! Yeah, harvest that full screen. From so your... you don't get the depth of 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 the uh, blackberries there, but there are I don't know a hundred or more in those two little things combined. It's just a, it's like there's a lot more than it looks like, mm -hmm. and they are getting ripe by the day. And I'm thinking I planted those things a couple of years ago the blackberry bushes. And these are ones that don't have the prickers on them. So you can actually reach in and grab them without getting stuck. My raspberry bush has really? a little bit. Of, yeah. No prickers, huh? Yeah. My raspberry bush has some prickers, but it's not bad. But the blue, the blackberries are amazing. I mean, juicy. Is that a Southern yeah. thing? Prickers? What? Prickers, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you call them? Stickers? Thorns. Thorns. Oh, yeah, thorns. <laughs> I remember that word. <laughs> we got, we got uh, is, uh, the thorns were on the stoop. All right, yes. so uh, the green beans coming in every day a little bit, and then there's a, a funny-looking cucumber. Yeah, and you, you said that those are those funny-looking ones are good for pickling, too. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me. I mean, let me zoom in here. When you pick them, mm -hmm. do they have, like, little, shall I say, prickers <laughs> on on the outside of it? Where it's, it's got, yeah, like, this. Sometimes okay. they do, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. That, that's what I've got. I'm those more interested good. in the shape of the zucchini. Isn't that a beauty? That's that's a very interesting shape there. Yeah, that's a beautiful zucchini there harvested this very morning. And uh, we, you know, some things you, you just don't know. You don't see them and they surprise they're hiding under the leaves or, you know. Dude, the, that's the way my cucumbers have been. Yeah. They it really was just like we well. picked a bunch and it was like, oh, I, I think there's like some little ones that'll be along yeah. sometime. Cucumbers grow fast. You, you look one day and they're not there the next yeah. day. But the thing is, you have to lift the leaves to see them. Yeah, that's they true. Some so of them camouflaged. are hiding, but they also, they, they seem like they really do grow overnight. I mean, mm -hmm. just like, boom, there's, you know, it, it doubles in size. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So we've, we actually, I've got, gosh, I don't know, probably seven or eight more. So we're going to actually this afternoon, going to make another round of uh, pickles. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait because your wife's making one, one jar for me. Yeah, there's there's one jar. I need to get it in the mail to you. It's two days away from being at that like perfect point. Peak, peak point, okay. The two week mark, right? Which you're supposed to wait on. Gotcha. Um, we we cheated and opened up one of the spicy ones the other day. Yeah, how are they? All, awesome. They're yeah. awesome. Oh, absolutely so awesome. Yeah. Super D, love to your wife. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, so, yes. And we've we've got to send you a care package, including uh, lots of the uh, apricots, the uh, apricots, freeze dried. Yeah. And, and by the it, way, I will yeah. be getting the uh, I've got got the on written down here. Okay. Um, to get the the winners from the contest. Right. Um, which there's three three people that picked, and then there was three people that you added to that. So a total of six people. I got to get a hold yeah, of. Yeah, I mean. Talk yeah. about the odds of winning. That was pretty good. That's I didn't realize good. I would have so many apricots. I sort of thought maybe, but because my wife and daughter harvested some while I was out of town, we didn't lose as much as I thought we might have lost. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the next thing is 
the apricot seeds. But you don't have to. I don't have to do that because they're they're hard to harvest. You knock them with a hammer apparently to open them, and I don't have the time to knock them all open to send them. So just get them from a RNC store. You know Richardson Nutrition Center. Yeah, RNC store on, we had just uh, over the weekend. Sunday, I think it was, wasn't it? it was Sunday, Sunday or show? Monday? We had Monday. Them on. Yeah. So here's can, a quick question. Let's let's throw this in here real quick so we can okay. answer this. We've done this before, but it's been a while. Yeah. Sandy is asking, have you done or would you would consider you cons- having a segment on pet health, pet health and protocols? protocols? Marlene Siegel, we've we uh, oh, yeah. have we've not had on in quite a while. You want to see if maybe we can get her back on? Sure. Yeah. And 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 Sandy saying that, uh please submit a specific question that I can have a holistic uh, DVM on and we can we can share our uh, experiences with these animals and and help you there. So yeah, absolutely. We love doing that. Just it's not in the forefront of our consciousness every day. You know, if you're feeding your animals species appropriate diets and they're not getting vaccinated every year, chances are they're going to be really healthy and they won't need a lot of veterinary interface and and even if there's something that comes up like here, let me give you an example like our cat, our stupid cat. It's like uncontrollably hungry that cat what yeah well you know if you accidentally leave the stove top open as the uh the iron cools and you happen to cook some meat in it oh man diving in and swimming in it and of course oftentimes there's way more sodium or salt that you might add for flavor or other things and they end up like urinary tract issues and you're like oh man this is a you know but we've been able to successfully intervene with silver yeah so, again, examples of things that we can do homeopathically as well. There are other things you can do, even if you have animal issues. It doesn't mean you have to have a vet, although if a vet is holistically inclined like Dr. Siegel, all the more power to them as well. And, uh, yes, we can do that. So, uh, by the way, the Cancer Control Society is coming up uh, Labor Day weekend in Glendale, L.A., California. I want to see you there. Shout out to Bob Oren, who was with me at the Red Pill Expo. is going to be there at the Cancer Control Society with Folium products, foliumpx.com, the Chernobyl-level antioxidant. I mean, we're talking Chernobyl-level antioxidant. You hear what I'm saying? What does that mean? It means exactly what you think it means. Uh, and it's, it's gotten my mom back on the dance floor at 89 years of age. And many other people have been helped, including G. Edward Griffin, who was after the last three, the last three um, red pills, G. Edward was nearly killed the fourth one back at a hospital thing that happened, the COVID-related. And he, he was in a wheelchair, could barely walk onto the stage, had to be helped everywhere. And he was fully ambulatory, walking, doing great the entire time this in Des Moines. And I know he does the Cardio Miracle as well, but the Folium's been great for him. Foliumpx.com. Use the code RSB10, get 10% off, and we'll be back with more powerful healing. Hour two coming up. We've got a brand new guest. I think that's how you say it. Brand yes. new guest. He's not new to a lot of the topics we'll cover with him. Dr. James Johnston. He's got a website called yourhomemedicalcare.com. For those of you who've been asking, hey, can I find a doctor that I can consult with? There's a guy we'll there talk you go. to. And he's in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Dr. Batar was for many years. Maybe that's another option for you in that region of the country. So that's coming up. But first up, when we come back, I got to talk about the FDA's attack on not only dietary supplements, but homeopathy. Could there be some good news there? We'll get to that and a whole lot more next hour because the power to heal is yours. All right, back at it this hour, scheduled to have Dr. James Johnston joining us. And uh, I'm sure it'll be a, a very 
lively discussion on natural medicine, holistic healing, integrative uh, therapies, et cetera. As we're heading in uh, to the Cancer Control Society's 48th Annual Convention, a couple of weeks or less from now, Labor Day weekend, Glendale, LA, California. Please get your tickets in advance if you can. It's it's okay for you to show up at the last minute, but it's nice to know you're coming. Uh, it was kind of hard. We had to gather lots of extra chairs at Red Pill for everybody that showed up without telling anybody. Again, welcome. We're glad you're there. But please, it takes a lot to put those events on. We'd like to know you're coming. And I hope to see you there. And I know we've got a lot of California-based listeners, but if you're in Arizona, surrounding states, Nevada, come on down. Or if you want to fly in for the Labor Day weekend in L.A. I know I'm not a big fan of L.A. proper, but Glendale's not so bad. Uh, it's a beautiful area. And you can do a little uh, sightseeing, touristy stuff, too, if you'd like. Uh, look forward to seeing you there. Um, the, uh, the opening discussion here in hour two, though, goes to the regulatory authorities as unconstitutional as they are. And, you know, we had another great discussion with Jonathan E. Mord yesterday. We had the uh, Sacred Fire of Liberty edition was a, a day early. Uh, there were a lot of scheduling issues. We needed to do that. And go back and listen if you missed it. Because no one more than Jonathan E. Mord knows of the, uh, I'd say the evil, for lack of a better way to say it, of the bureaucratic oligarchy. Whether it be FDA, FTC, various departments that are unconstitutional. We talk about Department of Energy, Department of Education, you know, name it. They're not constitutional. And they're often legislating from the, what, administrative state. And when they come after you for violations of their regulations that were never put into action by an act of Congress, which is where in the Constitution it says that's where laws are written, he would go into the U.S. Senate. For those of you that support him or have, don't know about him, running for the United States Senate in Virginia, even if you're not in Virginia, please support Jonathan Emord, emord4va.com, and get him in there to displace Tim Kaine, who never met a government agency he didn't want to surveil you with, or worse. Get Emord in the Senate, and he can work with other constitutionally oriented senators from it doesn't care whether they're conservative, liberal, libertarian leaning, if they have a D or an R, he can appeal to that. One area of, uh, let's say, commonality, the reality that if you want good health care, you need to get the government the hell out of it and allow the freedom to work. Freedom, innovation, scientific inquiry, endeavor, experimentation even, as long as it's with fully informed consent to happen. Now, much of my life is a testament to the fact that dietary supplements are not deadly. They're, in fact, life-sustaining, life-regaining. And that includes homeopathic medicine, which are not technically dietary supplements. They're OTC drugs regulated as such by the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, although it's been modified by not acts of Congress necessarily. But again, the regulatory agency, the administrative agency is saying, we're just going to write some more rules. Did Congress do that? No, no, no. They did. Congress refuses to do its job if they're going to uh, propose a law, and they let the oligarchy do it. This, again, is what Jonathan Emord would push back on and eliminate with many different techniques that he has at his task, at his uh, behest, at his, well, from his experience that is uniquely his own that he could bring to the United States Senate. Now, I still wish and hope for and pray for that one day, one state in, in the nation would tell the FDA to go, take a fly and leap. You're no longer welcome here in this state. And we will now establish within our borders medical and health freedom. And we will allow all comers to come in and do what they do, not in with fraud or deception, whatever. They have to be, you know, honest about what they're saying. They have to validate it. But in a sense, the risk would be then on them and or the people who engage in them 
in consciousness, fully informed consent, to contract for services, to say, hey, this is a, a remedy I have for cancer. It's not been proven by FDA or NIAID or any of that, but here's my evidence to say, I think this will work. Here's my clinical experience. And you go, okay, I'm willing to do it. Sign out whatever you got to sign. As long as it's, again, not deceptive practices, coercive practices, fraudulent practices, et cetera. The statutes against fraud exist and pre-exist the FDA. You don't need an FDA to figure this out. On the state level, one state can go, you know what? We want to be the innovative place because right now, economics especially, you know, people are hurting. States are hurting for tax revenue as well as the economy tanks. What could you do to turn that around? Become the state that welcomes all the people in America that are leaving America to get medical help. They call that medical tourism. If you come to the Cancer Control Society event, you'll find a lot of tours of the Tijuana clinics right across the border, offering things the FDA doesn't allow, but Mexico's smart to go, dude, we're going to make a, a, you know good money bringing money into this economy here. At the same time, people are going in and engaging because they believe that it's the only option they have, and they believe that the option the FDA says is the only option they have is deadly, proven to be so, even within peer-reviewed articles and, and literature showing that cancer drugs cause cancer. <laughs> cancer therapies cause cancer, approved by the FDA. So we have an entire regulatory uh, community or culture captured by the very industry they're supposed to regulate, promoting an, a monopoly of treatment of disease that includes only things that will poison you, burn you, radiate you, or surgically remove things that might be warranted, but at the same time, might you have another option to shrink something that's in you that grew in you because of metabolic aberrations and toxicological burdens? And therefore, the appropriate therapy would be maybe what you call an aggressive detox pro, pro, protocol or protocols and or aggressive supplementation and remineralization of the body, et cetera. Maybe even some oxidative therapies that aren't toxic in the same way chemo drugs are, whether it be oxygen therapies like ozone or other things. There's so many things that we can do. I've talked about the peer-reviewed articles related to silver and its anti-cancer properties directly when it comes into contact with cancer cells. Shouldn't be controversial to talk about it. It's been published. It's not controversial. But yes, the moment you say it can do what the peer-reviewed science says it can do, oh man, all bets are off. As I pointed out in the opening of the show yet uh, earlier today, <laughs> you could be Osama bin Laden. It'll take the government 10 years to find you. You could be a natural doctor who can cure cancer without chemo, radiation, surgery. They'll find you in 24 hours or less. Telling you what your government believes is the real enemy of the American people. Well, not the people, but them and their power structure, that which owns and controls them, the regulators, the pharmaceutical industrial complex, more deadly and dangerous than even the military one. So uh, Alliance for Natural Health, our friends at anh-usa.org, have a great article here about uh, an article that was written originally in Scientific American calling for the impl implementation of Senator Dick the Turbin Durbin from Dem Democrat Illinois supplement hit list that uh, you all helped defeat last year. And it urges the FDA to regulate su supplements more like drugs. It calls for supplements to be re regulated more than drugs by requiring third-party testing for safety and efficacy, not even required for drugs to get approved. And of course, those supplements that come to market are safer than even conventional foods as shown by the Alliance for Natural Health International using European data. It's absolutely extraordinary how they get away with this. 
You've been suckered. You've been programmed. You've been hypnotized until you wake up and realize Dick Durbin is a, a tool, a stooge for the pharmaceutical industry, pretending to care about you, crying on command. Oh, somebody got hurt by a supplement. Really? Well, it could happen. You could overtake or overtake too much of anything. But by and large, the supplement industry is one of the safest industries on the planet, much less America. Now, if you have adulterated products, products that haven't been pr prepared properly, there's problems associated with that. But even that is rare compared to the devastation from drugs properly manufactured, so to speak, prescribed, administered, ingested, et cetera, being the third leading cause of death, arguably, I would say the first, because it causes the second and first being cancer and heart disease. Those very drug treatments, much less vaccines. So the FDA is maybe fighting a losing battle as long as you stand up against them and continue to let your Congress critters know that they can push back. And this relates to the second article from the Alliance for Natural Health today on homeopathy. We talked about it. We raised the alarm bells on homeopathy, the attacks on homeopathy. And thanks to your efforts, we're getting some good pushback. The FDA wants to see all homeopathics banned. Its prejudice against homeopathy has been legend since the Flexner Report of 1910. And your pressure on Congress critters is the only thing at this point holding it back. The FDA, uh, let's see, uh, issued guidance December 2022, which we covered, declaring that all homeopathic medicines are marketed illegally. And the ANH and others have been working to push the FDA back. And the good news is the Senate Appropriations Committee included language aimed at protecting homeopathy in their report accompanying the annual FDA spending bill. Finally, a clear message to the FDA that Congress is aware of the FDA's attack and wants the agency to work to ensure that homeopathics remain on the market. But it's not over. It's never over. If we've got, if we get, I say this again, when we get Jonathan Ebord in the United States Senate, we'll have another, not only ally, but a powerful champion that has been in the midst of the weeds of taking on the FDA and the oligarchy, including FTC. Violations of your freedom of speech, thought, et cetera. To bring the purview of lawmaking, writing laws back into Congress which he submitted and wrote a bill for Ron Paul when he was in Congress. Obviously, he didn't gain much traction, but things have changed since then. And the influence that a Jonathan E. Moore could have in the Senate is, is real, is helpful, is beneficial, even if you're not in Virginia. So once again, I urge you to go to emord4va.com. Now, there's a call to action at the A&H article, and, and Super Don included it in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com and uh, appropriation language that uh, would prevent the FDA from removing homeopathic medicines simply because they haven't been recognized as generally recognized as safe grass, as they say, not make them approved as new drugs because to go through the things that the drug companies do with no patent protection is untenable, unaffordable. Nobody would do it. Nobody could do it. So stand in defense. And as I say that both dietary supplements and homeopathy are the reason, big reasons that I'm alive today, despite being ill for the first 24 years of my life chronically debilitated through toxicological exposures due to drugs, antibiotic use, vaccinations, chemically grown and processed foods, et cetera, heavy metal exposure, mercury amalgams. You name it, I had it. Canary in the coal mine of Generation X had to undo that. That's why I do what I do. That's why I'm passionate about what I do to bring to you that power to heal, which is yours by virtue of your very existence, your birthright, and no government anywhere, particularly the United States government, 
has any role, constitutional or otherwise, to prohibit you or prevent you from accessing the form of medicine that you want, much less mandating the use of medicines that you would not use based on religious, spiritual, philosophical, or other reasons, medical or otherwise. With that, we're going to be joined first time on the Robert Scabell Show by a physician, doctor of osteopathic medicine, DO, Dr. James Johnston, yourhomemedicalcare.com. And we have his show uh, in the show notes, his website linked up. Maybe you want to consult with him, find out after the interview. Dr. James Johnson, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, thank you so much, Robert. I'm honored to be on. Good to have you with me. Uh, your video and audio out of sync, but I can hear you well. Hopefully it holds together. We didn't get a chance to test in advance, but I'll ride the audio if we can keep it going. So you've heard some of the things I presented. Your background yeah. appears to be very holistically inclined, although being a DO, you know you go through all the same things that MDs go through in terms of allopathic medical school flex report type curricula. So the question I have, first and foremost, how did you uh, break the, the cycle of broke? Well, it started in med school because uh, the, um, it was about the time that was federal funding of the stem cells obtained from aborted fetal tissue. And I had a problem with that. I had a problem, you know, Japan swabbed the throat of a child for their rubella vaccine. But we in America, we kill babies. So we killed a bunch of babies, finally found it in the lung of an aborted child. I had a problem with making vaccines by such methods but it was a chiropractor who really educated me on vaccines. And I started speaking at homeschool conventions on the subject about 10 years ago. And it wound up just being one of the most popular subjects. Thousands of people would show up and hear a doctor's lecture on which vaccines should I give my children. But when it, when it came to the COVID, COVID was really my awakening to non-FDA approved therapies because I was amazed. I was actually working night shift supervisor at a FEMA constructed field camp and in the Georgia World Congress Center, 200-bed hospital, multi-million-dollar hospital they created because hospitals were overwhelmed. And so in my spare time, I spent a lot of time looking at alternative therapies and repurposed drugs, and I was amazed at the evidence for hydroxychloroquine. And I was also dumbfounded as why it was so blindly rejected, especially based on this bad study that Fauci did. Um, where they basically overdose patients on hydroxychloroquine late in the disease process. And of course, anyone who has experience with hydroxychloroquine knew that was a poorly designed study. And then ivermectin came, came uh, and started showing, and now they have 90 plus studies showing it's safe and effective. So I opened up my practice to prescribe ivermectin for patients around the country soon after. And I just, man, I, I took, I've taken care of about 2,500 patients in the last two years with COVID and long-haul COVID um, with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and, and the FLCCC's recommendations, which I really respect as a think tank on this subject. And um, I had two physicians file complaints against the North Carolina Medical Board that I dared to prescribe a non-FDA approved medicine for their patients. Fortunately, it happens to be families who said they saved grandma's life. And so that made me look good before the FDA. And then as my case, not, not the FDA, the North Carolina Medical Board. Mm -hmm. And then as my, as my case was before the board, one of the doctors on the medical board contacted me and said, I learned about you through the case. I can't talk about that case, but I've got COVID. Will you call in some ivermectin for me? So, which is fun. He said, please don't share his name. But it was neat because I kind of stepped the pressure up. So you want to take it for your COVID-19 because you're impressed with the data but you, you won't even just be neutral about it with regard to other doctors prescribing it. And now, you know, as of August 8th, the FDA uh, attorney finally admitted in court that uh, they 
that doctors have the authority to prescribe non-FDA approved drugs like ivermectin for COVID-19, mm-hmm. acting like we had no problem with this all along when that's just a flat out lie. They, doctors were persecuted, lost their licenses. I've met physicians who refused to write it even though they wanted it for their COVID-19 because they would get in trouble for writing it. And so I really put my neck on the line, helped as many patients as I could, and I'm amazed at the turnarounds I'm seeing in patients with COVID-19. Even now there's an uptick in COVID-19 and a a scarcity of doctors willing to write it. And it's Mm -hmm. sad, but it really opened my eyes to the fact that the FDA and the CDC lie. Mm -hmm. They're not trustworthy. And doctors are not the ambitious servants of patients that they were in your grandfather's generation. They're just rule-following employees. And they get told by non-doctors what to do. And as good obedient employees, they salute and do what they're told. And mm-hmm. it's a sad day for medicine. So I'm trying to do in the United States what Hippocrates did in Greece, 400 BCE, where basically he formed the new genre of doctor. And this genre of doctor would not kill people, would not do abortions or euthanasias. And, and they were stuck to a particular oath, patients first, not bureaucracies. And um, I'm trying to um, renew that. And it's it's kept me busy. And hopefully we'll be growing into other states soon because the need for doctors willing to accept home birthing uh, where most most children of the world are home birth. But here in North Carolina, they'll penal they penalize it. We're we're the backward ones, <laughs> sadly, because, uh, yeah, never has maternal maternal and, and infant mortality been so bad as it is right now. But we're the backward ones who yeah. think a pregnancy is a disease and is surgery and needs medicine for doctors to fix what nature messed up. And that's, it's very sad. So, um, and, and, and I want to, you know, keep patients first. So I'm uh, very skilled in things that most doctors don't even consider medical. Well, the medical state of North Carolina, yes, I agree, is backwards. Uh, and uh, any, any place that vilifies home birth and tells you that childbirth is a, a disease that has to be managed exclusively in a hospital, I do, as you would acknowledge, there certainly are challenges associated with not healthy people having children sure. uh, that could be addressed with much better prenatal care, which starts long before you're pregnant, by the way, and removes uh, toxic impediments to healthy having healthy children, much less reproductivity at all. We've seen the rise of infertility due to a lot of toxicological burdens and nutrient deficiencies accelerated during the time of the COVID injection. That is having a devastating impact on fertility issues, much less active pregnancies with uh, stillbirths, if you will, and other things that are occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are an example, Dr. Johnston, of, of what I pointed out, like a Dr. Peter McCullough that has awakened in the realm of COVID controversies that the the pharmaceutical industrial complex, which controls largely the medical profession, the monopoly, uh, pushed too far, too fast, too hard, and mm-hmm. woke up the docs that really weren't awake to this issue. You know, for me as a homeopath, I was raised pharmaceutically, medically, went to Emory University in Atlanta, you know that well, out of Charlotte, not too far, and uh, learned that homeopathy was taught in the medical school curricula at Emory University's medical school up until 1939. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I never heard the word homeopathy till I was 24 years of age. How did they- I heard about it spoken of negatively, I did. (laughs) You heard of that, that much. Yeah, if it was mentioned, it was going to be negatively. But the point is, how could they successfully erase an entire system of medicine in a, in one country like ours to the point where it didn't exist? Or if you heard mention of it, oh, that's crazy stuff. That's why it's not around anymore, as opposed to the concerted effort that they took to eliminate competition to the emerging field of patent petrochemical medicine. As you mentioned, the Flex report in 1910 as well, leading to the disaster that is including 
the sacred cow, so to speak, of vaccination, which now the COVID injections have caused doctors themselves to look back and go, I wonder if we were lied to about that, too. Yeah, because they all got COVID. I, I got to tell you this story. This was fascinating. As I was building my pri- private practice before COVID, you know, I worked at urgent cares part time. And this particular urgent care had some doctors out and providers out with COVID. And they had called a meeting and people were worried they're going to mandate the vaccine. Everybody in Charlotte, all the hospital clinics and urgent cares were mandating the vaccine. Ours had not yet. And then we got notified by the local physician, physician in charge of this particular urgent care, that they were going to mandate the vaccine. And all the holdouts like me sighed. And then they gave the reason. Well, because so many doctors and nurse practitioners and PAs are out with COVID, we're going to have to shut down the, our, some of our branches of urgent cares if we don't mandate the vaccine. And I raised my hand from the back. I said, excuse me, doctor, everybody out right now with COVID has been vaccinated. So how is mandating the vaccine going to keep providers from being out with COVID? Not only does it doesn't work, as evidenced by the fact that the doctors and nurse practitioners who've been vaccinated are out right now with COVID, but it's also the most dangerous vaccine ever created with more deaths attributed to it than all the vaccines combined for 40 years. Now, that meeting didn't end well because she basically closed the meeting prematurely. And then I got a call two minutes later from the state boss of all these urgent cares, Dr. Johnston. Did you open your mouth and protest our mandatory vaccine decision? I said, yeah, you're going to lose me and you're going to lose a lot of other providers that don't want this vaccine. It's dangerous and it's not protective. The reason she gave to prevent providers from being out, the reasons are false. It's not true. And he said, well, please don't, please don't oppose our policies again, at least publicly. Come to us privately, but we're going to negate the, the statewide mandate for the vaccine. So he told me not to protest again, but then again, he reversed the decision because as a result of me speaking up, so many people said, well, I'm not getting it if Dr. Johnson's not getting it, that they would have had to shut that facility down if they mandated the vaccine. And so it's just an example of speaking up. Yes, it's costly. You got to put sometimes you got to put your reputation on the line. But the, the people who condemn you the most vehemently are often the ones when they get COVID, they want me to give them ivermectin. Right. Um, so uh, there's some hypocrisy, hypocrisy, hypocrisy there. Yeah, yeah. It's just a good, good example. If we will speak up mm-hmm. and we will assert facts and it is hard to distinguish fact from fiction you know, there's so much, so many myths and there's false advertisement. There's basically counterintelligence out there that hoping that you will share it on your on your website and they'll discount you with it because it's a lie and they know it's a lie. But this counterintelligence and people are quick to believe fiction. And so it is very difficult to distinguish facts fact from fiction, especially when you uh, you know they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I really trust the FLCCC to help sort through all the data and give me recommendations that are valid. Well, also the, uh, um, what's the group that I've been supporting for many years as well. They don't take any drug money in their journal, for instance. And I wondered how they were able to speak out about danger of mercury, danger of vaccines as a group of physicians, the AAPS online, you know, that one, the association for American physicians and surgeons. Yes, they're great. They're they're one of the best international groups. Another great group. And yeah, a lot of folks here in America, the good doctors are part of it. I've interacted with many times over the years and I appreciate respect. But the main issue is 
no conflicts of interest with big pharma. And because I asked them about how they could write yeah. about those things in their journal, I said, simple, we don't take any drug money. <laughs> right. oh, it's pretty straightforward. Conflicts of interest matter. Duh, of course it should. Um, everybody pretends like they have an objective opinion, but who really does? Just follow the money. And that's, that's a sad state of medicine today that money dictates so much of what we consider uh, worthy of recommendation. And that's, that's the motive, I believe, behind bad-mouthing hydroxychloroquine and, and ivermectin. I don't think these doctors want people to die. I just think they believe what they've been told. They don't have a time to study it independently. And nobody knows more about it than the ivory tower doctors elected to the CDC and the FDA. Of course, we're just going to trust their judgment. They look at the studies that aren't even published, and that's, that's what doctors do. But we live in a new day now where they have proven themselves to lie and tell mm -hmm. falsehoods. Even the creator of the COVID-19 gene therapy shot condemns this vaccine based upon its damage, its documentable damage. The athletes that are dying left and right all over the country um, with no previous history, no family history, are dying suddenly on, on a field of play. This, this has never happened before. And people need to think outside the box and realize that medicine is, isn't as trustworthy as it was a generation ago. Dr. Johnston, would you uh, fall in line with, if I could say this, it's not the right way to ask the question, but the statement from Peter McCullough that, you know, if a young person dies suddenly and it's a cardiac related event at this point, you got to assume until proven otherwise that it's related to the COVID injection. Absolutely. And so many of these deaths happen within three months of the inject of the vaccine. And mm. just like COVID, COVID infection increases the risk of heart attack and stroke for up to three months after infection. It's because of the damage of the M spike protein. Well, that's what the vaccine creates on purpose. So very similarly, we see a lot of these deaths within three months of the vaccine. But myocarditis as a youngster will cause early heart attacks later in life. So I think we're going to continue to see heart disease even years after the last booster was taken because of the heart damage done by this vaccine, which, and it's not a surprise. Pfizer knew it. The studies were done showing they knew it and they knew it early on, but they were blind to it and they lied to us and people died. We need it. It's time for another Nuremberg trial, in my opinion, to hold, to hold these people accountable. That's pretty strong words, but I agree with you. Uh, now, as far as your support in North Carolina, I'm sure if people have found out about you, they're beating down your doors to, to get help because there are not enough docs willing to do what you're talking about. But also North Carolina is an interesting state. Our friend Dr. Batar was there for many years in a clinic, and he battled against the state medical board as well. A bunch of buffoons uh, that uh, you know couldn't, couldn't help somebody heal out of a wet paper sack, and yet they're trying to tell doctors what to do. Uh, so your experience there, you've you've taken them on, I think, and beat them as well. Maybe uh, you have seen some spillover since we lost our friend, Dr. Batar in North Carolina, specifically since you're in the Charlotte area. Well, I provide one time consults to patients all over the country. You know, when a doctor, even though he's licensed in one state, you can pre prescribe non-controlled substances anywhere nationwide. And so you, someone can go uh, someone in Alaska, go on my website, order a one time consult and get ivermectin for their acute COVID-19 with no problem at all. And, you know, I keep my costs down too, but I, I really trust the supplements recommended by the FLCCC. And uh, I've had a lot of patients who, even though they are immune to COVID, they never had symptoms. It's because right at the beginning, they got on my package of supplements. Other family members got it and they were around those family members, but they never got symptoms. And so I'm a big believer in those supplements and in the, um, 
physiology of how they work to mm -hmm. protect against COVID infection and morbidity and mortality. So I, I do, I do trust the uh, decisions of the FLCCC on now there's one supplement you'll find this very interesting and this, I don't know any other doctor who's really, who's really promoting this, but when somebody has long haul COVID mm -hmm. or the loss of taste and smell, for example, which is very, very curious about the disease, the skin pain, the brain fog, the numbness and tingling, this is all nerve mediated damage from the M spike protein. Well, it turns out just like most vaccinated patients have an MTHFR deficiency, so do most long haul COVID patients. And so three months of, of name brand methylated folate, and I'm seeing patients who suffered for 10 months with long haul COVID symptoms, gone to gastroenterologists for chronic bloating, cardiologists for palpitations and chest pain and neurologists for their numbness and tingling. I'm seeing reversal of symptoms in like two weeks. So I'm a really big fan of Metanex. And even though the FLCCC has written and published some studies showing the connection, they haven't added, to, added it to their list of recommended supplements yet. And it's a prescription only supplement or it was for about 10 years. Now it's over the counter known as methylated folate. But if anybody has any loss of taste and smell from COVID, they can all get that back with Metanex more than likely because it's, it's nerve damage. Yeah, methylfolate B. We've we've seen benefits uh, from a whole food uh, perspective as well. Um, there are a lot of other issues. We talked about copper deficiency extensively over this time because of the excess use of zinc and vitamin C. Even if it shows promise and, and good reason for taking it, in the absence of of copper, it drives copper stores even lower. And most people don't eat liver anymore, or organ meats with high <laughs> copper sources. So uh, depletion is is in evidence everywhere. Even though they'll often do blood tests after a heart attack and say you're high in copper. Copper must have contributed to not considering that the body was dumping copper from the stores to cool the inflammation, which is what one of the pathways that it's designed to, to work with systemic inflammation pathways. So uh, copper has been made a villain instead of a hero in this circumstance as well. We've got to look to the minerals and their deficiencies, how they're playing a role in aberrant metabolic uh, interactions, much less each individual cell. Yeah, it was Dr. Joe Wallach who convinced me of that with his uh, somebody handed me a cassette 20 years ago, Dead Doctors Don't Lie. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big fan of his organic colloidal minerals for that reason. Our, our farm fields are depleted. We, we're just not as healthy as our great grandparents were in, in many ways. Yeah. And there's very, very profound reasons for it that anybody can understand unless they're sometimes uh, trained not to look that way. Uh, we have your website up, yourhomemedicalcare.com. And there's, uh, right, if you go there, uh, we have... Uh, your, it says that you can book a free one-on-one -on -one meeting with Dr. Johnston to discuss your family's needs and ask questions. Don't all do it at once. I don't want to overwhelm him. But, <laughs> but if you're interested and you're hearing him and you go, hey, may, maybe that's a guy that can help. Uh, that's why I love doing these interviews to introduce you to, to new folks that are doing good work. There's a link to consult. Uh, for new family practice patients, uh, established patients, they're all kind of interface there. Uh, it talks about your basic principles and beliefs, pro-life, mm -hmm. respecting your ch vaccine choices, herbal supplemental friendly, prescribing non-FDA approved remedies like ivermectin, uh, offering telemedicine nationwide. So you can consult uh, outside of North Carolina as well. You do have even home visits, which is like old school doctoring. Yeah. And uh, you're supportive of home birth and homeschool friendly, which is great. So, uh, so those of you who are interested in following on, you also have an interesting, a nice certified family nurse practitioner, Caitlin Barnett. Is she there? And she's, she's very skilled in homeopathy, much more so than me. It's one of the reasons I brought her on. 
Nice. Well, you have good options there. I'm glad to connect with you and let people know about you. Again, Charlotte, North Carolina area, but for those of you that don't have access to this kind of support around the country, perhaps even around the world, you might be able to access again through this thing called telemedicine uh, and uh, get your support there as well. Uh, are you going or speaking at any conferences upcoming? We've got so many events. I can my head spinning with everything going on. Well, I would love to do that more. I'm trying to do that more. Um, but it, it, you know, I'm pretty busy, and I think one of my one of my aims right now is to grow this practice across the Bible Belt. I think there's so many there's so much need in our culture right now for doctors willing to think outside the box. And honestly, this is pretty lucrative. I I don't have the big mortgage on the massive building and the eight staff. I did that for 19 years, massive building, 50 patients a day, taking insurances. Now I see five families a day, three and a half, four days a week. My nurse pa- practitioner two days a week. And it's cash pay only. Basically, no matter how often I have to visit, I have to visit some guy in a nursing home four times last month, but there's no money connected. I provide all the services that I can provide for one low monthly cost. And the reason I keep it low is by not having that big building. And so, yeah, within 30 minutes of Charlotte's Beltway, I go to your home. But I do a lot of telemedicine as well. And, you know, it, it... Doctors, uh, right now, if you're just a traditional doctor and you don't get all the shots, you're going to be the lowest paid doctor in town mm-hmm. because all the insurances just give you a, a rate of disbursement on every patient. That rate depends on whether you meet the criteria and you got to have a 95% success rate. That's why Atrium and Novon in Charlotte says none of our doctors can take non-vaccinated patients anymore because basically they have to take a cut and pay mm-hmm. and they don't want to do that. And so it's a financial decision. Well, when a doctor's independent, he doesn't have to buy by those nonsensical mandates. You can just do what's best for the patient without regard to the bureaucracies. And uh, so I, I, I would like to see this practice grow with nurse practitioners and PAs across the Bible Belt. And that's where I'm focusing a lot of t- my time. I'm also an author and, and a filmmaker. And so I got my irons in a lot of fire. But I think the health freedom movement right now needs a lot more Peter McCullough's People with the kind of experience I have, they can speak on, on the subject with authority. And so, yeah, I want to get out there, especially to that health freedom crowd um, right. more. Well, I'd invite you also to a number of the events. If you check out the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com this weekend, well, not next weekend, it's a Labor Day weekend. I know it's hard to get away a lot of family time, but for those that are planning ahead, hang out with me and many other awesome docs from around the world at the Cancer Control Society's 48th Annual Convention and that's happening uh, Labor Day weekend, Glendale Hilton Hotel in Glendale, California, L.A. area. Just following that, uh, September 14th through 17th in the desert, Biomed Expo, Health, Science, Technology, and Consciousness, Alexis Park, Park All Suite Resort, Las Vegas, Nevada. There are discounts if you take advantage of them in advance. Again, September 14th through 17th, come meet us in Las Vegas. A lot of great doctors are going to be presenting. I'll be presenting. I'll also be broadcasting. I'll be uh, moderating some panel discussions as well on various uh, uh, medical issues. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We have the uh, 10-year anniversary of the Healing Strong Group. They're out of Atlanta, but it's going to be in Houston. And that's happening uh, September 29th and 30th. And there are a lot of folks that have overcome cancer that want to share the good news about that. Our friends at Nutritional Frontiers in Pittsburgh have a professional training event for doctors and healthcare providers, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, Eighth annual, uh, let's see, Your Health Freedom Symposium out in Utah uh, with Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Meryl Nass, uh, toxicologist Dr. Jancy Chun, Lindsay, and others will be there. That's going to be amazing. That's the 6th and 7th of October. Then we've got the big one. 
And uh, Dr. Johnston, if you can escape for the weekend, October 14th and 15th up in Chicago area, it's far enough outside of Chicago that I'm even going to go. It's at <laughs> Tinley Park Convention Center, October 14th and 15th. Go to TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. Great health freedom presentations, doctors, scientists, lawyers, lay people, everybody involved, nutritionists. It's a wonderful weekend of health freedom and healing liberty, which I love. Then we've got a big one out in the desert in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, and that's the November 3rd, 4th, and 5th with doctors Terry and Stu Warner. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is keynoting it. Kevin Sorbo will be there. Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. David Brownstein, Dr. John Witcher, Dr. D uh, Jack Wolfson, uh, Dr. Richard Urso, Kimberly Overton from the uh, Nurse Freedom Network, Dr. James Thorpe, also Dr. Shannon Croner, who just wrote this new book, uh, especially for kids and families. I'm unvaccinated and that's okay. We just had her on. <laughs> awesome uh, color book. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up, uh, Dr. Johnson. We'd love to meet you at one or any or all of those events. Yeah, that October 14th event, I might go to that. I bet you that book's been banned by the uh, American Library Association. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> now, I think they're, they're losing the battle on censorship. They Like, you know, we talked about pushing so hard on the COVID stuff that it's yeah. backfired on them. It's hard to censor books now in the same way they used to, even though we are banned on a number of platforms for presenting the information we do. So uh, as much as they would try to keep us from that information, the more they, 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 they censor, the more people are wanting to find out what is it that they are not allowed or supposed to read. Right. Now, if that kid on the cover was trans, maybe they wouldn't ban it. Maybe. That, very good point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which, it's, by it's, the way, is a non-FDA prescription of medicine that none of them have a problem with, yeah. giving women testosterone to reverse puberty. None of them have a problem with it. They're just hypocrites. Yeah, of course, we can put them on carcinogenic drugs. Why not? Kids category X. I know it's just astonishing. Well, Dr. Johnson, it's really nice to connect with you here. And I hope that we can see you at one of these upcoming events. And uh, folks, if you, if you like what you hear from him, if you resonate with Dr. Johnson and need assistance, even if you're not in Charlotte, we found a way that we can get you connected. So I appreciate that as well. Yeah. I'm at your service. I'm honored to be on the program. Thank you so much. All right. Well, keep up the great work. And if you have anything that you need from us, just reach out, let us know. And again, look forward to seeing you maybe at the Health Freedom Expo then. Yeah, I'd love to do that. We'll see. All right. All right. Dr. James Johnston here God on the Robert Show. First time. God bless you as well. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Again, it's fun to meet new folks that are doing good work, doing good things, trying to meet the needs of those that definitely are in need. And there's a lot of different needs in there. There are some people that say, I, want, I don't want to go to that one. I want, to, I want a chiropractor. I want a homeopath. I want a naturopath. I want a DO, and I mean, whatever. But the point is, if they have integrity, if they are, uh, I would say in this case, people of faith, definitely Dr. Johnson, you could tell is, um, there are good folks that you can reach out to for help. So thank you again for being on board today. Uh, all right, Super D, we are in the home stretch, doing well here. Uh, good stuff coming out. And uh, just hope my voice holds up here. There's a lot going on. A lot to speak about. Except for right now. Well, yeah, well, that meant I needed to take a sip of tea. That was a cue. A clue. A clue, a cue. Mm. I know. Mm. I made it I made it awkward. Yeah. Sorry. Awkward. No, it's not. It's okay. Bolden says he'll take what he can get to when we talked about, even though he might not show up till late tomorrow on the show. So we'll take what we can get. You know, we won't be too greedy. But I am looking forward to being greedy about seeing him at the uh, Cancer Control Society's convention in Glendale coming up. So you guys are gonna go find somewhere cool to eat and Oh, you know it. Yeah. Oh, you know it. So uh that's, that's kind of a thing with Bolden, you know. 
Well, we got to. It's just part of our, uh, right. you know, how do we find great joy in being here in the midst of things that were like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this is happening? Food uh, is awesome. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, good food makes a difference, makes life even better. So I'm All right. looking forward so, to that. So uh, real quick before we get to the second, uh, or excuse me, to the last article of the day. Yes. Um, there was another image that you uh, sent me this morning. Uh-huh. And I actually saw this last week. What is the story with this here? Uh, that was a. Can you tell me what year uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was born? No. Can you look that up real quick? Oh, okay. Bobby Kennedy. Yeah, it wasn't a. It wasn't like a a, a trick question because it's it's my clue to remember what I can tell you. This is. Uh, so RFK Jr. Yeah. Born. Uh, January 17th, 1954. Uh, okay, so this is a 1955. I believe it's a Gibson Les Paul. Oh, it's okay. almost all original. Um, you know, a few of the, like the pickup or something. You know, a couple of things have had to be replaced, but it is like a piece of history. And I forget the guy's name. I apologize. He was there at the Red Pill Expo, and he treasured this guitar. And I and he told me about it. I was like, dude, can I see it? He's like, yeah, it's in my, it's in the trunk of my car. I said, I'll go out there and see it. I don't even have to touch it. I just want to see it. Cause I do huh. appreciate, even though I don't play, uh, you know, I, I just said, this will make me look cool. That's all I need. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, it's a piece of history. It's really a nice. historic guitar. And I thought, oh, that's fun. I'm wearing a tux. I'm, I'm looking cool. It's like, I can use that for street cred somehow. Somewhere, there you somewhere. go. There I can go. have angles, as uh, Carlene's daughter said. Angles. The, I still haven't whatever. haven't found that. Still haven't figured that out. No. I need to send that to uh, Frank Stallone because he's a musician. He'll appreciate that guitar, and uh, he says he, he he's ready to come back on the show soon. So we got to get him on. He's a also 1954 Gibson Les. 1955, Paul. yeah. Or 55. Okay. Yeah, or All it's right. an original. So that's my memory of it. I hope I got it right. If you guys know better, just feel free to tell me. It's okay. I just nice. held it. I didn't play it, and it was safe. I didn't drop and it. And you haven't washed your hands since. Right, yes. Let's see how That's dirty true. they are. Actually, I've been right. in the garden. So, so. Let's, yeah. let's talk UK now that our, we have friends yeah. uh, over at UK Health Radio. We do. That yes. listen to the show. Shout talk, out. That, that tolerate us and our Yankee humor. Pip, pip. No, don't say that. <laughs> you know, I don't say that anymore. Ever since I, we did that. I and do just to annoy. What them. was it? We got we were we, we, you know whatever. I mean, I don't know what the the, the slang or the whatever it is, you the yanks, vernacular, right? In the UK is, yeah. and, and we did that one time. Yeah, they didn't we, find it we, funny at all. And pip pip cheerio, you know whatever. You know when I think references from like Mary Poppins and stuff, whatever. And so uh, we got we got somebody wrote, and they were like, "How old are you?" <laughs> we don't say stuff like that anymore. I'm like That's I true. don't know. Well, we are ancient, so there you go. You got to deal All with. All right, it. so uh, let's let's go over to the UK. The final article of the day. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I'm going to read this headline: Making experts yes. making British teeth that are bad look even worse. They're encouraging Brits okay. to wear masks once again. Yes. Oh, that's not actually it. I just interpreted that to insult our British friends. Just fun. It's all in good fun. We love you. New COVID wave has begun, and masks should be worn again. Scientists are warning. Mm. Spread of the new variant could cause extreme pressure on the national, uh, what is it, health service? Health service. NHS. Yeah. And cause more damaging long-term health problems, independent sage experts say. Who are these independent sage experts, Super Don? Pray tell. Because they're a bunch of experts. morons. So they don't need to say anything more than that, do they? These it's are experts. The, it's an expert. It? You Brits are going to fall for this again? Tell me you're not. Uh, Christina Pagel, mm -hmm. a member of the Independent Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies. Okay. 
That's who's saying we should wear our uh, uh, your British uh, masks well, again? I mean, that's a mouthful. The Independent Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies. Is there an ac- Why do they use an acronym for that? The I-S-A-G-E. I-S-A-G-E. The morons. <laughs> Ice, the Age. Ice Age. Ice Age. That's good. <laughs> yeah, their brains are stuck S-A-G- in the Ice Age. That would be uh, Ice Age. Viruses. That's, yeah, it would be. That's hilarious. So Professor Pagel predicted the new wave could cause extreme pressure on the health service. With a repeat of last winter's unprecedented NHS crisis of COVID, flu, respiratory, all at the same time. So you think masks are going to stop it? Do you know that masks cannot filter out? The things that are as small as what you call viruses or even, you know, smaller, the fragments of those viruses that you claim are causing all these things. Does that matter at all? Or are you dumb as a rock, Professor Pagel? And you just want obedience and compliance. and You want to see if you can get away with making the Brits go into lockdown mode again because of fear of germs. Is that what we're dealing with here? Do we have any counterpoints here in this article? Or are they all, everybody, get your masks on. Cheerlead, mask up. I don't see any counterpoints here. Here's yeah. another expert. Yeah. And by the way, they do use the uh, the acronym I, I Sage. I, I Sage, like that. Yeah. That's clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Trisha Greenhalgh. Yeah. Hall, Greenhall. Yeah. Greenhall. University of Oxford uh, healthcare expert. Yeah. Another and expert. also an Ice Age member. There you go. I think the logic is is from the ice age. I agree. I think right here. Yes. Anyway, Trisha uh, Greenhall says my various science WhatsApp groups mm. are buzzing. Genetic lineage clips and diagrams flying back and forth. I understand little of the detail, but it looks like it's once again time to mask up. And Trisha claims to be an expert. Well, she's at the from the University of Oxford. Well, again, and she's it, an Ice Age member. So. Right. So uh, like Rutgers trying to mandate still, even today, the COVID injections that don't work. And worse than that, create a whole lot of problems. The masks that don't work can create a whole lot of problems. As I mentioned, the teeth of the Brits, your gum health is going to be harmed by wearing masks. Not that you, mat- you care, I guess. But this is, again, more disasters and uh, basically uh, worshipping authoritarians. And I don't know, are you Brits ready? Are you awake enough to see, see through the lies here? Oh, it's the next variant. Oh, it's coming back. The NHS is going to be overwhelmed. It's Omicron. It's this, it's that. It's always, you know, some Greek alphabet letter until they run out, and then they start throwing numbers on it to sound important. Well, there's, there's, apparently it looks like they're sticking with the, the Greek thing. Yeah. The, this new COVID variant that they're saying is going to cause uh, uh, havoc is Eris. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know we had what Delta, Omega, Omicron, Omicron, yeah, yeah. So this is Eris, and I, I was like, okay, so who is Eris? So I looked it up mm-hmm. uh, in Greek mythology. Yeah, Eris. Uh, why is it? Where is it here? Come on, Eris. Oh, it disappeared. Isn't that cool? Bring it back. Bring it back. Hold on, Eris. Oh, here we go. Is the go- Greek goddess of strife and discord? Hmm. Um. You think that's an accident? No, happy no, accident. They want so. strife and discord, Super Don. That's right. They want you in fear. They want you compliant. Are you going to fall into that level of obedience like you're a Pavlov dog? Salivate when they ring the bell? Yell Omicron and you're going to put the mask on or now Eros? Or Eris, Eris? Not Eros. Eris. Now, there is a difference. I believe yes, Eros is. Is, is way different. Yeah, it's more loving, I think, Eros. <laughs> right? So... We're dealing Descendant with some, of Omicron, Eris. We're dealing with some just patent-level absurdities 
And, um, well, if you're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show, you're aware of them, and hopefully you can warn others to not fall prey. But some people cannot be reached. And Dude, they were arresting you know. people. I, I seem to recall back when, you know. The, no, they the, were hardcore. They yeah. were hardcore. They were arresting yeah. people because they were sitting on a park bench. Mm-hmm. Or, I, you know, I think they had, like, some guy went out on the, on the, he was, like, paddling in a boat out on the ocean by himself. And there was, like, nobody, you know, like, for miles around him. And they, they like, went down on the beach and dragged mm-hmm. the guy off the water <laughs> and arrested him because he was endangering, I don't know, the dolphins or something. I don't know. Yeah. Do they have dolphins in the U.K.? Yes, they do. They they, do. I, I saw some when I went to the Land's End. Land's End. Uh, we were visiting Tintagel, I think. The Land's we, End. Isn't that a pub? There might be a pub there, too. It's like the restaurant at the end of the universe at Land's yeah, End. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was, there a, was a movie. Not, mm-hmm. I, it was not, I saw it not terribly long ago. They had the, uh, had the two guys that are like, they're always in the same like, like uh, movies together. Mm-hmm. They were in, um, what was the one that was the parody of the zombie movies? Um. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, what a And it had those movie, two yeah. guys in there, and yeah. they were doing this this historic pub crawl mm-hmm. where they like hit all of these. They were supposed to hit all these pubs, and they did it when they were younger, and they got together after they'd gotten older, and they were trying to recreate the right. the thing. And I thought that was one of them that mm. that they they ended at. That was like the final one that they ended at. It's a good movie. But yeah, that was the one place in England when I went two years ago, Lands End, that had like sparkling blue waters, like it looked like Florida a little bit. Yeah. It was a little bit cooler, but it's still warm and temperate compared to much of the rest of England. Uh, so, anyway, shout out to all you Brits. Appreciate you being here. Hopefully you didn't take my insults with anything but a grain of salt or a good dose of humor or a stiff upper lip if you still have those because we're, we're old. Just, we're just ignorant on some things, that's all. <laughs> a little eggheady occasionally. So, for that, we're going to take a break and come back with the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Do you have questions or comments? Drop them in right now. We'll address them before we take a break until Friday's broadcast right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show at robertscottbell.com, where I remind you simply that the power to heal is yours. All right. That was an interesting uh, transition there. Yeah, whatever. Whoops. Whoops. It's okay. No harm, no foul, or no blood, no foul. Yeah, it happens. What, what's going on in Rumble? Anything today? Hey, Marge. Marge showed up. Well, hey, Marge. I haven't seen her in the chat room in a while. She's been hanging out with Kate Daly. By the way, Marge, I noticed that Kate befriended me on Twitter. Kate Daly. No, it's called X. It's X? It's right. no longer the, the, the platform formerly known as Twitter. It still comes up as Twitter.com, though. Um, you know what? If you go to x.com, though, it goes to Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. So let me see. Kate Daly radio show is fo- I'm following and she follows me. So we're connected at least a little bit better now on X or Twitter, whatever. So maybe we're one step closer to uh, exchanging shows or something. There you so, go. A little Kate cross know. promotion. So Marge, uh, this is a while ago. Uh, she asked a question. She said, my friend Teresa is having gallbladder issues. Yeah. What would you recommend? She's trying standard process. Yeah. But it's taking forever. What's standard process? know what that is. Nothing better. I know that's a pretty declarative statement. Are you going to suggest Canjest? Yes. Yeah. It, when it comes to gallbladder, there's nothing better. And, and 
it's not as instantaneous as a gallbladder flush, which can be pretty harsh. You could find a lot of stones in the toilet if you do those flushes, but this is really corrective of function, liver, gallbladder, stomach, intestines, etc. And it's Alta Health Products Can Jess. You'll get it from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com, preferably. Get a few tubs because you're going to do not the little tiny spoon in it, but a level tablespoon. You don't have a heaping, a level tablespoon in warm water, activate it, you know, shake it up or spin it around or whatever, and then drink it down. If you need to add something to sweeten it, that's fine. But some people can't handle the taste. Others are like, this is fine. Uh, so the can jest is what to do, uh, Marge, for your friend, if that's the case. And it's corrective, not palliative in the sense, oh, it just suppresses something. No, 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 it's correcting. So uh, look to use the can jest three, maybe even four, a fourth dose if it's really critical initially. Uh, activated in warm water. Use the code RSB5 when you check out at uh, choosetobehealthy.com. So, very simple. Straightforward. All right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so that's what we got on May, May, uh, uh, Rumble. Okay. And in our chat room or here on Restream. Yeah. Things went quiet about an hour ago. They got quiet. Why? Why did they get quiet? So if we go over to the chat, we have so many chat rooms. Uh, the chat room over at our website at robertscottbell.com. I'll take what I get. Yeah, okay. That was about an hour ago. Okay. Okay. Well, everybody has uh, fallen asleep. <laughs> I guess. I don't time. All right. So I'm going to do something here. I don't think I'll get in trouble. Might. What? But I found the short clip of Bill Cosby doing that 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 uh, routine that I was talking about. Yeah, but is this going to be offensive because of Cosby's behavior? Or are you going to whatever? Turn off the show if it offends you. I mean, come on, it's funny. It's funny. Okay. This was years ago when he, he was doing the Bill Cosby himself uh, show, mm -hmm. and this is uh, him talking about uh, natural childbirth. Because, you know, I made the reference of push it out, shove it out, way out. Oh, okay. All right. So this is, uh, this, is, this is where that reference came from. Now, the father's job, and the father must be there for these classes. And they give the father a diploma also. And if you don't get a diploma, you cannot come to the birth. <laughs> See? So my job is to bend my wife in half and say, push. Now, if I don't go to class, I don't get a diploma for this. So I can't come to the birth. So my wife is there, and I'm there, push. And I'm the cheerleader. Push him out, shove him out, way out. Push him out, shove him out, way out. And my wife is a wonderful breather. And we were the best in our class. And I began to breathe with my wife, macho style. We went to parties and people asked us to breathe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the breathing Cosby's. Uh, okay. Good memories. That goes back My dad was a big fan of Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, he, I mean, you have to admit, he's... he's oh, yeah, he's dude, a, that was... Again, very funny. funny. That was funny. It's funny. By the way, yeah. uh, my wife says I was... Uh, I meant teaspoon, but I said tablespoon. I apologize. So coming back to the can just dosing, one level teaspoon. Mm. 
teaspoon in not warm water. Not tablespoon, yeah. One level teaspoon in warm water. That'll last a lot longer, thankfully, but it's still not the teeny tiny cup. But I was thinking small and big, extra large, I think, but it's the teaspoon size uh, level tablespoon to get you there. All right, let's see. What else is going on in the chat rooms? Anything else going on? Oh, let's see. Be wise, be strong. Robert, I gave Kate your number and Kevin's email. I requested you to be on her show. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. And I'll try to reach out when we get more direct contact. That would be great to connect with her. And let's see. I thought I asked, Bolden, where are we going to have some gastronomical adventures when I'm in Glendale? Yes. I haven't gotten a response yet. Maybe he's going to wait until we'll figure it out. It will be spurtaneous. You ever heard that word, spurtaneous? No, never. Spur of the moment and spontaneous is spurtaneous. All I right. just made that word up. All Add right, that. President, Notch President that Bush. In the day, Robert Scott Bell made up a new word again. <laughs> Usually I do. Spurtaneous. Spur of the moment and spontaneous. So, Okay, not interesting, I know. But I thought it was kind of cute. <laughs> it was adorable. It was adorable. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I got a little, I feel a little better now. All right. All right. So, uh, real quick, we'll take a look and see what have we got planned for tomorrow, if anything. Yeah. I think uh, since we got dissed by Michael Bolden till later in the show, if that. Dr. Jonathan Edwards, MD. Another uh, MDDO. Whoa, we're going double down. It's dangerous. Jonathan Edwards, MD. Mm -hmm. But there's a Skyhorse publishing link. That means there's a book that Skyhorse published by Dr. Jonathan Edwards. That's most likely the case. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't have the info on Dr. Jonathan Edwards here, but I'll get it from Kevin. So, okay, uh, we don't know what we're, yeah, we're doing for a Sunday conversation as well. That's something I'll always consider. Uh, you know, I want to reach out. In fact, I, I may do this since we just you just brought it up. Mm -hmm. um, there's a guy that has uh, a show on. I think it's on Rumble. Yeah. Um, and I actually on Brighteon, uh, Coach Dave. Oh, yeah. He's a really cool dude. And, you know, I mean, I normally don't spend a lot of time on the topic of religion. Mm -hmm. um, but he's, a, I think he's like a pastor or minister or something like that. Mm -hmm. But he's Coach Dave. I love his style. And so it's, he's one of those guys that he can sit there and talk about these things and, you know, about, about religion and, and stuff like that. And, and I, I like listening to him. Mm -hmm. And it's because of his personality and the way that he he talks stuff like that. So I'm going to reach out to him because I've got his info. Yeah, and see, I think that might be a cool interview to do for Sunday. Okay, yeah, I agree. So I will see great. if he's I out. will see if he's available. I uh, just want to remind you, heads up, the Las Vegas event, the Biomed Expo, going concurrently with uh, an alien event for those of you interested in that. So you can pop back and forth between the two probably. But the Biomed Expo. BiomedExpo.com. Tickets are on sale at BiomedExpo.com. You can send an email info at BiomedExpo.com or call 702-890-1290. 702-890-1290 to learn more about it. It's going to be at the, uh, let's see, where's the, the hotel there? I mentioned it. it's an all-suites hotel. Usually they're very reasonably priced compared to a lot of hotels now, nowadays. So um, 
you can join us. There'll be a lot of great speakers there. I'll be there. I'll be moderating some panels. I'll be broadcasting, interviewing people. Dr. Patrick Porter of BrainTap. Dr. Nathan Bryan, Dr. Sam Osmanagic. See if we can get any of these guys on the show. Uh, let's see who else. Pa- Paul Baratero, now a naturopath. We'll be there talking high. Paul who? Paul Baratero is going to be there. We're going to travel again. That'll be fun. Uh, Judy Mikovits will probably pipe in. I'm not sure if she can make it. Do, do you remember Johnny Delirious? Do you remember that name, Johnny Delirious? Yes, I do remember the name. I think he was a guy, if I remember correctly, overcame Hep C. That's my yeah. memory of it. But That's, he's going to be there. Yeah, Johnny that Delirious. Back, huh? Why, that sounds familiar. He, yeah, see, we've interviewed him, but it's yeah. been many, many years now. But Alexis Park Resort is where it's going to be in Las Vegas. And there are group discount sleeping room rates of only, listen to this, 69 bucks a night for the weeknights. Friday and Saturday night is 149 a night. That's still, even though it sounds a lot compared to what it used to be, that's a lot less expensive than most hotels you can stay at. So, yeah, Biomed Expo, Health Science, Technology, and Consciousness. And Christine Glein's going to be there, our friend from Nutritional Frontiers with mm. uh, Soul Intelligence. Right. That's worth the price of admission. I'll be moderating a bunch of health panels as well. So it'll be a busy time. But uh, September 14th or 17th, I think we need to send out, if you don't mind, notch a, a thing with information in one of the next newsletters, just as a reminder. Okay. Las Vegas is one of the least expensive places to go if you want to get out and about. September still will be pretty hot, but it shouldn't be July, August hot. So uh, it'll be pleasant. Most of it's going to be done indoors anyway. And usually they have pools and different things. Oh, Bob Reoran, of course. Bob Re from Folium is going to be there as well, uh, which will be fun. And let's see who else speakers. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of it's going on. I got to submit. I ju- Again, I just submitted the topic for uh, the Cancer Control Society event that I'll be speaking. And again, I'll have a broadcast booth there as well. We'll have silver and copper and cardio miracle shots. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun. All right. And anything else from any of the chat rooms? Um, nope. I think, I think we've, we've worn out our welcome. Yeah. We've quieted the crowd. Yes. A hush came over the crowd and they started snoring. By the way, did you notice at one point early in the Jonathan Emord interview yesterday, you could hear snoring in the background? Mm-mm. It wasn't his campaign manager, Andrew LaPosta. <laughs> remember that? Remember that happened? He was in the hotel. Yeah, I remember that. This time, I think it was his British bulldog. I forget the, his name, but I could hear that. Oh, the, yeah, I did. No, I was, totally did not hear that. Yeah, it was subtle behind it, but it was his dog sleeping probably right under his feet. It was, was very funny. funny. Yeah. So anyway, that hey, wasn't thanks, that y'all. wasn't you with an open mic. Huh? A no, hot it wasn't mic. me. Yeah, it's like yeah, open the hot mic with clear the nose. <laughs> I did. I, I had uh, a little sinus congestion this morning. I noticed. I was like, oh, dude, but uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. So we'll all sleep better. Along to. So, all right. Well, I'm going to go uh, uh, addresses so I can send some dry. I'm going to get, uh, I got, I got a list here. I'll try and get to everything. Okay. Um, and I'm also, I'm going to go probably this afternoon and make pickles too. Yeah. It's pickle time. I'm excited. Pickle time. And so freeze dried apricot time. Scott Scherner's wife, Deb made, uh, apricot preserves or jam or, or I don't know what you call it, but it's like heavenly. It's so good. From our apricots. Nice. Just amazing. Uh, so I love it. It's harvest time, summertime harvest time. It's not even fall yet. There are other things that we'll be harvesting then. But for now, there's lots of good things every day coming from the garden. And Super Don is playing along so beautifully. He's got stuff too. Yeah, it's cool. And I got. I have you to blame. Yay. That's a good yeah. thing. I'll take the blame on that. 
All right, so we're out of here. You guys, have, here. whoever's left, whoever's listening or watching. We are out of here till tomorrow, y'all. 22 hours from now or less. God willing, we'll see you then.